Welcome to another episode of the Super Senpai Podcast Super Turbo Edition, NFT-free since 1983. Mm. All right, and uh, I'm Grant, one of your hosts, and with me as always is my good buddy Pat, co-host as well on the Super Senpai Podcast Super Turbo Edition. Pat, how you doing tonight? Uh, pretty good. Pretty good. Ready to yeah. talk about some games. Yeah, ready, ready to S- game with the gamers. Ready to be a gamer. I'm... <laughs> um, mm. We're already sitting on the couch uh, in our three-panel comic, poorly drawn, yeah. uh, ready With to talk our, about games. Our, our short sleeves shirts over long sleeve <laughs> shirts, and or polos over long sleeve shirts. I have a t-shirt on with a picture of a uh, legally distinct Space Invader knockoff that says old school, uh, spelled with a K. Nice. Ooh, with uh, a K. I'm wearing a shirt with a gun on it and some random Japanese <laughs> that I don't know. <laughs> So, how are we tonight, my friend? Uh, pretty good. Uh, lots of games to play. Maybe yeah, what you many. been playing? Uh, lately, I just wrapped up that new Guardians of the Galaxy game. Okay, fill yes. me in on this. Now, is this related to the Avengers thing that came out too, or so am I? Both both are published by Square Enix, right? But right. Only I, I and I've played maybe like an hour of the Avengers one. And I feel like there's some cool stuff that's in there, but this guardians thing is totally its own. It's totally its own thing. I think maybe they kind of, there's a a reference to it within the game, but it's okay. It operates on its own. You don't need to have played the Avengers game and it's so good, man. Like I'm still thinking about it. Yeah. Like I went and watched, I missed, apparently I missed an interaction. That's like super emotional. And I, I watched it today, and I was like, oh my god, how did I miss this one? Really? I, I find that so fascinating. So is it like a, what, is it like a third-person action kind of thing? What's the... Yeah, so like, the you play Star-Lord, you're the leader here, and then you kind of, you kind of have to like, manage the team a little bit. Okay. Like, so in terms of combat, it's just like a third-person shooter. Peter Quill's abilities are okay, but the meat of it is when you like, you tell Groot to do something, he'll lo- he'll grab all the enemies and like hold them down with roots, and then call Rocket in to throw a bunch of explosives or morph into like a mecha thing. Okay. And then you have Green Team go and clean up. Like Gamora will do like a ton of damage, and then I think I want to say this is right. Drax is like a bunch of stagger with his attacks. Okay. The combat, it's fine. I I like it enough to keep going. The 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 atmosphere of it is really cool because they're the whole time they're just kind of yelling at each other while it's happening too, which is fun. Okay, um, so they're like would, persistent like allies, or are they like assists you're calling in? Uh, persistent allies because they're on the field throughout, and okay. then if they get knocked out, it's Peter's job to go and like heal them. Sure, get them back in action. Okay, uh, and there's like different enemy types. Like this is it's fi- this part's fine. Like I don't want to spend too much time on that part. But I will say the the thing that's just fantastic about it though is that you know how like most games have like a super state like in like a devil may cry or something 
or sure. even like a, I guess Bayonetta. Did Bayonetta have one? I don't know. I guess Witch Time kind of is a thing. There, there is yeah, a sort there's, of a Witch Time. Yeah, but, Bayonetta has so many weird substances, but I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. So there's like a super form that you would sort of get when a meter fills up. But in this one, uh, instead of that, you have a huddle up button. So you call, he like raises his uh, cassette player, calls everybody back, and they, um, they kind of tell you how they're feeling. And I don't know if this is just randomized, but they give you this like... Either they're super pumped or they're like, I don't know if we're going to make it, Peter. And you actually have to give, like, you get two options of a speech to give. And if you give the wrong one, only Peter's going to get, like, a boost. Only Star-Lord okay. gets the boost. But if you give the right one, everybody else gets, like, I think it, it heals them all. And then, like, the, their cooldown on all their skills gets reduced significantly. And oh, interesting. a hit song uh, from his cassette starts playing. And it can be... It's it's a great selection. Like there's a Spotify playlist of what what already all of these songs already are. Already are. <laughs> that's a weird way to say it. But that you could you could go and listen to to them. But um, well, that's fun. Like, and they're like licensed songs, or they're just like yeah, they're licensed. So the problem okay. is like if you stream it, you're gonna get like you know the, the uh, open license songs. But if you play it sure. solo or just you know for yourself, which that's you know that's what I did. Playing games for yourself? You I was sicko. taking down. <laughs> I was taking down like. Uh, a swarm of Nova Corps Centurions officers to Jitterbug. Uh, <laughs> like, Wham's Jitterbug was playing during this, and I was like, ah, this rules. Like, the combat is, but the like I said, the combat is fine. It's, okay. Uh, the word I've heard is serviceable. Sure, yeah. The heart of it, or the meat of it, is that throughout this, throughout the game, you have, like, interactions, like, team interactions, so they're always, like, talking to each other, and uh, you know, when you're walking from fight to fight or, you know, as you're going towards whatever your 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 goal is, there's some mm-hmm. complaints about it being linear, but it's like, no, that's the purpose. That's a point here. They're right. going through this hallway. They're talking. You got to And then you can either supplement their like, let's say they're arguing about who should be the bait for the trap that they're trying to plan. And Rocket really wants to do it. But Groot's like, I want to do it. And you kind of can make the decision as to like which one of them is the one that is it and then that will i mean Groot's going to be fine probably but Rocket will definitely comment on it later because you trusted him in this moment. Oh, that's interesting. So Yeah, it's it's uh, uh it's all but, about that banter then. Yeah, it's it's the banter participating in the banter and then also like uh one of my favorite things was you you <laughs> that a villain is monologuing and you want him to keep going while rocket is hacking something behind him okay and you you have to keep encouraging his little speech points because he's got you know he's a, he's a super villain kind of guy sure. so he's gonna want to like just blah 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 and then you know through the fight you're like i don't i don't believe it how could you do this like how could you <laughs> I, I what's your plan here exactly and then oh let me tell you what my plan is you fool like <laughs> It's encouraging like, the monologuing. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But you have to keep That's really distracted. Fun. Yeah. Oh, it's it's a treat. Yeah, so like BSing your way out of scenarios like that or and then apparently I'd found out that that bait thing that I was talking about if it's Groot mm-hmm. or Rocket, depending on which one you pick, the scenario's different. Like Oh, that's fun. Yeah, so it like, encourages replayability in that way. Yeah, d- definitely. And then also what I found out from which I haven't gotten to yet in the new game plus, all of Groot's dialogue gets subtitles. Because throughout the whole game, it's just, uh, I am Groot. You know, that's all he's saying. Sure. But, and, um, and you know, 
obviously they had written something there as an intent because you know rocket is often translating or if you just go talk to him yourself he just says it and you he kind of laughs at you a couple of times because he's like <laughs> i know you don't understand me but you're trying good good job sweetie like <laughs> that's really I'm fun just, yeah it's uh, it's good and then like the thing that was making me like freak out the whole time is that they got to just it seems like they got to do whatever the heck they wanted with the Marvel license stuff. So they got to talk about like other cosmic things or they got to hint at like other characters showing up mm-hmm. that haven't necessarily happened in the movies. So, or, you know, in TV or whatever yet. So there, there was at some point there was a database that I was looking at. I was just looking at the database cause I wanted to see if they would say anything or hint at any like Richard Ryder from the Nova, like Nova, the earth yeah. Nova core guy. Right. But while I was doing this, I was taking too long because I was like, oh, wow, they actually got Richard Ryder in here. And I was like looking at the data files. <laughs> the other member, you had to swat other members. There's a little quick time event where other team members are trying to stick their hand on the console because they're just like, come on, we got to get a move on. <laughs> so you had to like <laughs> brush their hand away so you could keep reading or whatever you're doing. <laughs> I was like, a these good guys quick are, time event? These what? guys are dicks, but it's so <laughs> funny. Like, like oh yeah and then like drax is incredible in this like i cannot get over how good like the performances are all you know a lot of these sort of characterizations are mostly lifted from the movie stuff Mm -hmm. but like get it just getting to hang out with drax and 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 um them actually going into some of his backstory because i think they maybe i don't really remember at this point um what happened to the movie stuff wife i think and his yeah. child right. a little kind of so, hinted at yeah so they kind of expand on that idea and then also just like there's a there's a plot hook that emphasizes the stuff that's there or makes mm-hmm. it like hit a lot harder so then when i went to go find that scene that i'd missed oh my god like mm. it's it i i regret missing it but also i didn't know where the heck it was supposed to happen so it's fine mm. it's fine like it's fine <laughs> that I, the rest of it was still really good yeah <laughs> that's, that's, well, that's, that's, re- that's actually that's really surprising though because like I, I mean not that I don't enjoy the Marvel stuff or whatever I mean I guess I'm like most people I'm kind of lukewarm on it now after like 14 years of this stuff it's I guess it's interesting because I, I knew it was sort of within the same space as the Avengers thing and I remember when the Avengers stuff was kind of coming out I thought it looked a little a little janky a little stiff maybe mm-hmm. uh, so it's and that's the one that I thought of the two like I assumed I'd be more invested in the Avengers stuff so it's surprising that it's really that good. I have to check yeah. it out, I guess. There, there is a, so, and I think that maybe this is the case. Maybe this is the case, but there's something I've said sort of after the success of all the, all the, maybe the early MCU things. Mm-hmm. And it, it's that, um, I think that what they had was they had a lot of room to work with and sort of mm, like cement or grow into these ideas of characters that we, maybe the general public isn't that familiar with yet. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the problem anytime a new Batman or Superman shows up is everybody has an idea of what they want for Batman or Superman already because right. it's been there's been so many. Mm-hmm. And then sort of Spider-Man was starting to have that problem, too, because, you know, now we have this is, you know, this one's mine or this is the one that I grew up with. So I'm familiar with this. Right. idea, Right. Like even going into it, even going into the new movies, you know, maybe people were thinking about the 90s Spider-Man or whatever. But then when sure. you know we get Cap, we get Tony. Hulk is a tricky one because it also had several actors for it, mm-hmm. but it's there's not a whole lot you can that they were going to play with that early on. Sure, right. So then now, 
now when say the Avengers come in and you see they're all like you, the joke is that they're all the stunt doubles or whatever or the um, legally distinct Chris Evans, <laughs> <laughs> then you have a problem with them not living up to or looking like how you want them to look. And maybe that was sort of a problem with Star Lord, but maybe also not really because yeah, right. Uh, no, I, I feel maybe, you. There. Let's just have this guy now. I don't know. <laughs> But also, they built on those characters and ideas, I feel like. I mean, Rocket's mm. just straight up, he sounds... I had to check the credits, because I was like, did they get Bradley Cooper for this? Is it? No, it's not, <laughs> but it could have been. Right. Anybody could do Groot with a deep enough voice and a modulator, sorry. <laughs> well, I can't believe, you're, good. can't believe you're throwing Vin Diesel's performance out here. Oh, wow, no. okay. Yeah. <laughs> what he brought to that role, when he says, I am Groot... <laughs> Gamora is definitely more fleshed out here. Um, she's just as dorky as the rest of them in her own weird way. <laughs> for this which i i appreciated drax is the star of the show man like unbelievable absolutely Ab- yeah. unbelievable yeah like and to take that from the, the movie versions and to also take like the the music stuff from the movie like james gunn did a really great job there with mm. that with that i think it left a huge impact on the character because i'd read up until that this is so so far off of what we're supposed to be talking about but just like <laughs> I had read like a ton of the cosmic Marvel stuff because I wanted to know before going into the movie, like, okay, what are they going to bring? What are they going to capture in a movie, in a movie where they're introducing a lot of new stuff all at once? Sure. Yeah. And I feel like it was successful in that. Right. And also it's, it did so well that I was happy to see them again in this context. Absolutely. Yeah. Great, great game. Really enjoyed it. I bought it last year, but I did not play it until this year and I don't regret it, but I'm glad I did. Yeah, absolutely. What a what an interesting, especially coming from Square Enix, I guess. Yeah, you know, which has had a. It's a Montreal studio, so I don't know if that makes a difference, but okay. in this context, uh, it's, but... it is just an interesting, I guess, license take from a publisher that already has such you know big IPs and everything. Yeah, and it, I, I don't true. necessarily associate third person action games with with Square Enix. You know what I mean? Um, mm, so that's mm, how mm. interesting to to. So, yeah, I guess I'm going to have to check that out at some point. Yeah, I, I do recommend it. I believe it's on PC, too. So I, I was okay. kind of on PS5. I guess the last thing I would want to say there is, isn't this a little bit late? Like, yeah, Avengers for sure felt like a so late. Like, I think people were already kind of over it. Like, if it had come out, I think, you know, between Endgame. Right. In that 2014, 2015 space, maybe. Yeah. Or, or <laughs> yeah, yeah, or like, ex- yeah, exactly. So, like sort of in towards the end of phase three or, or middle of it. I feel like that would have been better received maybe, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but also there's this like all the stupid games as a service stuff that's wrapped in it. That is also sure. absent from guardians that I am oh. so grateful for. <laughs> none well, of that. That's a pretty critical dimension because doesn't the Avengers stuff have a lot of that? Yes, it does. And that's what mm-hmm. I was like. That's what kind of made me go. I don't know if I really want to keep playing this. Like, yeah, yeah. no, I hear you. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, mm-hmm. that was interesting. What? No, but I mean, it's what you're playing, and it's that good. I mean, it, it's just such an interesting combo, and, and and like you're saying, the timing on it is like, of course, the 2021 Guardians of the Galaxy game by Square Enix. That's the hit of the year. Like, what really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is what a strange sequence of events there to to come out with such a big hit game, especially third person action too. It's just. Maybe, yeah. maybe 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 I'm wrong, but I don't think that them as putting a lot of those out there. Right. How oh, interesting. I, I guess, uh, uh, especially one that sounds like, from what you're describing, to be a relatively moderate take. It feels like a lot of third person action these days. To me, to my mind, it's like you got to compete with 
the Devil May Cries and the Bayonettas, you got to be kind of over the top, maybe. Mm, you know, in terms of the like the combat, yeah, I I would say if I had a major complaint is that the the physical like the melee stuff. I always look for like a nice meaty hit in the games. Yeah, and even though I was enjoying it, I would almost rather use the gun most of the time because mm. there was there's just just enough of a delay between when you press the kick or punch button and when he actually does it that it makes me mm. like, ugh, like I don't like I didn't like that part of it. Yeah, and I was like, okay, wait, is it is it a me thing? Am I having issues with this? And no, I'm playing like um, Death Stranding right now. Uh, and you've got a little bit of like hand to hand in there, and that feels much better, like yeah. <laughs> much better by comparison. Mm. But but yeah, lots of games. You want me to do one, or yeah, you yeah. got some other stuff you playing? Maybe one from you is probably. Then we should probably move on because I yeah sure be short because my my bad I kind of hogged the time on that. Dare you be excited and talk about things on a podcast, you <laughs> absolute monster. Um, no, uh, so I guess of the various things I've been playing lately, I've got a few uh, RPGs and stuff that are kind of always on the back burner. I'm, I'm playing through Kingdom Hearts 1. And, oh, really? Yeah, I'm playing through Kingdom Hearts 1 in the background. I've never played it before. Yeah. I'm, I'm taking it slow. I'm enjoying it. It's a little. I just finished the Alice in Wonderland world, so I'm still pretty early. Nice, nice. But I'm playing through that, and I'm having fun, and I'm enjoying it. Uh, and I've been doing a, a couple other things, but probably the big thing I've been playing here lately, I've been watching a bunch of martial arts flicks again. Ooh. Back in it deep, playing fighting games. You know, fighting games is one of those things, like, you, you gotta dedicate, right? It's like learning an instrument. You can't just mm. get in there and, and do a little. You gotta really dedicate. And it, it started a little casual. I was playing some Mortal Kombat stuff, just because, you know, Mortal Kombat is... Which, which Mortal Kombat? I, I tried a bit of X, and I didn't really care for it, but I started playing Eleven, and mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't know. See, I, I I don't know your perspective on Mortal Kombat, but like, I've always been a Street Fighter kid at heart. Like, Street Fighter is like my natural state of being, uh-huh. and anything that deviates too far from that is, you know, is difficult. Mortal Kombat, the big thing was like, I I remember I was well, I was probably too young, but I was the target demographic in whatever 91 or 92 when it came out because yeah. i remember seeing people playing it in the arcade and kano rip a guy's heart out and being like ryu doesn't do that like i, <laughs> I was like, whoa violence you know like i was absolutely the target demographic for that but even still um and playing a lot of mortal kombat 2 and 3 on home consoles and stuff mm. i was never really good at it you know i it, it mortal kombat looks cool and it had the over a top fun factor, over the top fun factor, but it always feels feels a little janky. Mm. And you know, a two D fighter with a block button just oh. feels it just feels like <laughs> sin. I just yeah. it doesn't feel right. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like I'm just I don't know. It's something. It just drives me up the wall. Uh huh. That said, I'm having fun playing Mortal Kombat 11 and Kingdom Hearts one at the same time while going through both their story modes. That is such is a ex- it's expanding wow. my what brain. A combo, yeah, I bet. Yeah, yeah, I'm basically a hot air balloon with legs right now. Um, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> because it's so you know it's so over the top and it's so good. Like I just yeah yeah you know and it's fun. It's yeah. like it's clearly like it's really funny. I don't know if you've played any of Eleven. Uh, um, yeah, dude, I I am a huge um, huge fan of Mortal Kombat. Like I would say that I, I would say maybe I, I guess I was a casual fan of the ones as a kid. I didn't play a lot of the 3D ones. Yeah, not um, to die. Like 
my favorite character uh, was either Jax or Johnny Cage, like for a long time. Yeah, I mean, you're a man of culture and taste, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The who uh, doesn't want yeah. super super cyborg metal arms? Like, let's yeah. Let's... Versus versus like sh- you know shadow energy Jean Claude uh-huh. Van Damme. Like, who doesn't oh, want yeah. that? Yeah, but like yeah, watching like old Johnny and new John, like young Johnny, like interact yeah. with each other. And oh try, yes. like yes. it's so much fun. Or like, so it, fun. but then it's also hilarious. Like that's like genuinely funny and great writing. Yeah, and then the like the abject hilarity of like of uh, Sonya being like Cassie, I'm promoting you to commander, but to make sure everybody knows, there's you know no nobody's getting a free ride. You gotta you know you gotta beat me in one on one combat, and yep. you have to like fight your mom, and you're uh-huh. doing fatal moves for your like grabbing her by the face and like pulling out your pistol and pumping her stomach full of just like emptying the clip into your stomach and like you know kicking her head into a jet engine and then like it's like you pick each other back up off the ground like hey great fight mom you're like what what is happening in this game yeah uh, i think diegetic is the word the fighting is not diegetic in mortal kombat (laughs) like (laughs) does not help with the story at all no Ludo cognitive dissonance is that what they call it? Yeah, I, I guess so. I guess so. Yeah, yeah it's um, it's Ludo, uh, it's Ludo, ridiculous. Ludo narrative. Ludo narrative. Ludo narrative thank you. Ludo yeah. narrative dissonance. I tried to use a ten dollar word, but I couldn't yeah. afford it. Yeah, no, it, it's it's goofy, but yeah, I think Mortal Kombat Eleven is probably. I guess there's a certain appeal to the. I really love the look of like the you know of two and three. Mm-hmm. Like that's the era I really cut my teeth on and played a lot. Like I remember playing one a couple of times in the arcade. Yeah, but you know, two was really where I played a lot, and three also. Um, but and of course, that look and that era is so good, especially because they had you know it's cosplay, right? They're taking yeah. pictures, digitized cosplay. It's great. Yes, that's I do. I I adore the commitment to that too. Like it's I know so it, it's wonderful. Yeah. Um, but the this is probably like eleven looks so good and yeah. it's so slick. It is. It is so good to the point where it's actually upsetting when some of the violence happens because it's too, a yeah. little too close to real like yeah yeah but uh, but i love that it's like it's so upsetting but it, it becomes so comical it's yeah it's like you know like splatter horror it's like yeah. this is what a 12 year old thinks this is like a 12 year old describing a fight on the playground like okay well first I'm going to throw my kudai knives into your eyes. And when you're like, and then I'm going to jump and knee the back of the kudais out the back of your head. Then I'm going to freeze the blood splatter and crack it. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah it yeah. just keeps going. And it's you're like, true. I cannot believe this is like a two button move in the middle of the fight. Oh, yeah. It's yep. like, those x ray I love it. Yeah. Oh, the, the random x ray stuff. Yeah, I I, oh. I howl every time. It's yeah. so fun. It's so stupid. To to me, I think it's like you know when when we do that stuff, that's really fun. When you're dragging a dude, like I think um, oh, what's his name right now? I can't remember. Guy with a mask. Which which the two crowbar things? Oh, uh, Cabal. Cabal. Thank you. The, yes, the quick guy. Yeah, he's got the big hook blades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So when Cabal grabs dude and drags them across the ground so quick and that they like die and their eyeball falls out, that's when I'm like, ah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a little too much, yeah. too much for me. Because uh, even like yeah. it, you know, I like I said, nine was the one that made me like okay. Well, because and if you haven't played nine, I do recommend it, especially if you're enjoying this, because that's when they started doing the four. It, each character we're gonna follow like ten characters, and each character gets four yeah. fights, and that's how the story progresses. Yeah, I like um, that format. It's, it's a good format. It, I didn't think it would think it's how you should tell a story of fighting games now. Because yeah, I actually I am playing. I, I mean this in both the like 
positive sense and also the hilarious negative sense, but yes. I'm playing Mortal Kombat for the story. Yeah. Yeah. I genuinely care. Yeah. Like, I want to know what happens. Right. And <laughs> the reason I recommend 9 is what they did was they took the story from Mortal Kombat 1 through 3 and they condensed it and sort of twisted a couple of the events in it. So, you know, there's oh. a sort of a general canon that of, you know, things that happened between the games, but here's how it's all laid out and how it plays out as if you follow oh. each focus character. Um, and then, you know, some of the fights are like, that makes sense because they go to this area and then Kitana and Jade are waiting for you and you got to beat them before they you gain their trust or something, right? Like, that's I think that's a Luke okay. Kang fight or, or a Sonya Yeah, fight. yeah, yeah. Right. But then you get the Johnny Cage. <laughs> then you get the Johnny Cage fight. No, 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 wait, sorry. This is a Jax fight, I think. Sonya, I think, has been kidnapped. I'm getting this wrong, maybe, but whatever. Sonya's been kidnapped. You have to, like, find her and rescue her. And then Johnny will not shut his mouth because he's just like, hey, Think she want to like maybe go on a date? You think like <laughs> she's really hot, you know? Like he just he just won't shut up. And then and Jack's like, you know what? That's it, and that's his fight. That's the first. <laughs> you have all this plot stuff going on, and the fight number two or three for Jax is he's sick of Johnny running. His oh my mouth. god, that's it's, that's brilliant. Actually, that's good it. writing. <laughs> yeah, it's so so good. It's weird looking. Like Luke Kang looks like an Asian Aaron Eckhart. In that game, I do not understand. Like it's so bizarre. Luke Kang is the yeah. hottest he's ever been in Eleven. He's so good looking in Eleven. Yeah, like, I cannot. I really like where they've gone with him because, yeah. like, obviously he was just like, ah, oh, we want Bruce Lee in our game, right? You know, Fei Long or yeah. Law or any other generic kind of Bruce Lee guy. But like giving him the hair and the yeah. like, I really feel like they've they've done they've they've grown that character more than the just generic. What? stereotype that he was to yeah, begin then, with i think the, you know the story stuff with him in, in one is also pretty good but also like i don't know if you were paying attention at all to the story really before this one but they've just been put it just been like covering Liu kang and dog poop like yeah he's been like dead a bunch and yeah. like evil and yeah. stuff like what a, he's like the hero like no Liu yeah. kang's the star i mean it was it, <laughs> there's a cool sort of subversion thing that was going on here but yes like I feel like this game finally makes it up to him in this. Also, I don't know if Good. you've seen Young Scorpion or like post Nether Realm Scorpion in in Eleven yet. Have you seen what he looks like? I have. He's also really handsome. Like what? Like Sub Zero? Yeah. Like the daddiest <laughs> Scorpion and Sub Zero? Also, their bros like <laughs> the Dilf Clan of Ninjas. Yeah. Oh yeah. The yeah, get over here! Don't mind if I do. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I'd love to. No that um, friendship. Yeah, friendship. Friendship. <laughs> yeah, I see you've cast babality on yourself. Well, that's horrible. No, but that's it's really fun. It's really joke. cool. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's just him. I was like, ah. <laughs> oh, no. It's really fun. I think you know what's really funny though. It's like. One of the things that gets me out Mortal Kombat is one of my favorite characters. I like Reptile, right? Because oh, obviously uh -huh. Scorpion and Sub-Zero are cool. And green is my favorite color. It's like, oh, secret green ninja. Mm -hmm. This is like, you know, when you're eight, there is no cooler set of words you could have said to me mm. other than like, we're going to go have a pizza party, right? Like, secret green ninja. Whoa. But then like later they just made him a like a lizard. And I, f I always felt kind of betrayed by Oh, that, you didn't, you didn't like that part? I don't like that. I'm like, he's... Why is he like? I want the ninja guy back. I mean, so I've always, I, I I've been kind of upset that, about that. But also, like, I did like when they made the ninjas more distinct visually. Like, sure. Otherwise, yeah, you I have do the like them having their own thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Ermac in nine, his Ermac was just like red ninja, right? Sure. Ermac yeah. is 
pretty sick in nine. And also like mm. some of his stuff is gross. Like it's cool and gross. Like he's he's a bunch of souls <laughs> wrapped up in bandages. Like it works. Like it's That's cool. I dig it. Yeah. Anyway, but I'm, yeah, I'm really yeah. having fun with it and I, I'm I'm enjoying being back in that space and just how ridiculous and there's a lot of the I yes. guess it's kind of almost fresh again. Mm-hmm. There's so much of the cast that I don't know. Oh yeah. You know. Yeah, there's there's a few um, new ones in there, yeah. Um, and I always felt like Mortal Kombat had a really good job of having like lots of like cool monster characters, right? Goro, like the classic, yeah, uh-huh. giant claymation forearm guy, and you got the what's that one? Got Collector and Devora, you mm. got all these just like really wild monster creatures and stuff that yeah. just don't that could never fit in the fighting games that I actually played for the mechanics. <laughs> yeah, I would say <laughs> you know they also I mean? tight. I mean, aside from the block button weirdness, maybe that's just tradition. I don't at this like point. It. Yeah, that's tradition. Uh, I think. But the I feel like they really actually tighten the games up quite a bit for for a lot. By the time you get to eleven, it's pretty slick. Yeah, yeah. No, I I don't know. I mean, I can't speak for balance or whatever. But like, it finally feels pretty darn good to play. Yeah. Um. Like, I mean, I don't know if I'd call it airtight, but it's like, man, this is like. This is a put together game yeah. that functions, and I feel like you could, you know, learn to play. The, I, I know there's competitive level and stuff, but you know, I'm always going to be measuring against stuff like Street Fighter, mm-hmm. Tekken, and stuff like that that are just like, you know, that's the the story is sort of <laughs> whatever, right? That's arcade mode. Yeah. So yeah, I'm really enjoying Eleven. Yeah. Have you seen the guest characters for Eleven? Yes, I know there's a bunch. I haven't gotten any of the DLC oh, or anything. Yeah, I, see, I, see. Yeah, okay. I, I need to. Yeah, I, they're I guess. pretty. I know there's like solid picks. Robocop and all kinds of stuff, yeah, right? Like yeah. wild picks. Freaking sp- <laughs> I mean, spawns in it. Like actually spawn. And he's awesome. really cool. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> you have both Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger in there. Like That's pretty great. That's, that's pretty awesome. So odd. I dig it. It works. So it's it's the it's Boomer Smash. I'm fine with that. Yeah. I'm okay with yep, that. That's right. <laughs> Uh, nine, that's for me. Either nine or ten, I forget which one it is. Both had both Freddy Krueger and uh, did it? Did it? Is that right? Am I thinking right? No, maybe they were separated. Um, because it's ten X X or ten had a lot of horror guests. So you have Alien and Predator, okay? Like Xenomorph <laughs> and a Predator as playable one. In that's pretty fun. Yeah, we'll have to play some sometime for sure. Yeah, that'd be fun. I'd have a fun. I'd I'd really enjoy that. Was it what PC? What do you have it on? I have it on PC. Okay, perfect. Because I heard I wanted to get it on Switch because obviously everything's better on Switch. But I heard it runs a little choppy on there. Yeah, it's not. I so for that, yeah. And like looking at it on my PC, I'm like, yeah, I don't know if my, as much as I love my Switch, I don't think it has the horsepower no, to handle this. I appreciate that it's on there, but it's definitely yeah. uh, beard hair looks particularly strange. <laughs> like beard, oh, like no. any character with a beard or facial hair, it's it just like, oh, that's Ugh. that does not look good. The for... sacrifices that must be made yeah. mm-hmm. to play in bed. Yeah. Um, the other one I've been playing though is Tekken Seven, right? And that's the other end of the spectrum. I don't know anything about the story except for that, like the Mishimas throw people off cliffs. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, and and Seven is. I don't know if you've played any Tekken. I don't know where you're at on Tekken. We played a little bit of it before. Oh, that's right. We did. I forgot about that. Yeah, it was Lucky Chloe, Bob. Oh, God, yeah. Um, oh, the pain. Who else was I feeling? Um, Steve Fox. That's right. Yeah, Steve, my, my nemesis. So, like, my, my Tekken story goes like this. I played a little bit of Tekken 2 back in the day. Yeah. And then I tried to get into 4, mm-hmm. but at the... And because that was back when, like, I was playing Third Strike, like, every Wednesday night, me and the dudes would get together. It was, like, six-hour... 
Wednesday night Third Strike Fest, and we play some CVS two and Soul Calibur three on the side and stuff, and a little bit of MVC two. But like mm. Tekken four was, I think, the one at the time that had been like oh six oh seven maybe. Teach me Tekken. I don't really know three D fighters that well. I kind of got into Virtual Fighter one, but never really stuck with it because it was kind of complicated. Just getting like. 80 to 85% combo jungle by Steve Fox round after round after round in second <laughs> four was like, maybe this isn't for me, man. I don't know about all this. <laughs> and I basically haven't touched Tekken since. I'm trying to get back into it. I tried to main King first because King was my guy before. He's really hard to like, like I, I've watched the Lil Maja videos. Like the dudes, like I know that the potential's there. I just, I don't know if I'm willing to put in the time. Like it seemed the show many contextual moves in Tekken. Yeah. So many specifics. It's like, and with King, the difference between blowing somebody out completely and being, you know, the man who wrestles the gods versus, you know, the guy who's just getting, you know, three nilled every, every match feels like there's a pretty big gap there. Um, I've been playing a lot of, uh, Feng Wei and I'm really enjoying him mm-hmm. and he's got enough. I'm, I, he's allowing me to learn the fundamentals a little better. Just because I mean, he's got some combo strings and stuff, but he just has so many mix-up options and stuff that is allowing me to kind of like, all right, I'm just gonna just gonna play Fing. I've got enough tools in the toolbox, and clearly I can grow with him all the different styles and positioning and stuff. But man, Tekken is a Tekken is a deep, deep fighting game. There's a lot there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I I have the will, and I'm trying to put in the time, and even still, I'm like, I get why people just don't don't even bother because like is there a more you know like you can't even you can't even watch character guides and not like lose it it's like okay well you know even like a okay take street fighter right it's like okay here's zangief the grappler he does a lot of throws and it's like you watch like a tekken guide it's like okay this character is a 50 50 mix up slash rushdown slash wall bouncer you know you want to look for the okazemes the Korean back dancing, okay, waved it like it's like oh my <laughs> God. four different subtypes. Yeah. It's like the primary six playstyles with this character are <laughs> just like, oh my god. It's like this character is particularly vulnerable to right leg sweeps. So like it's just like, God almighty, this is so, this is so specific, it's so much. <laughs> oh man, it's a lot. I mean, I'm enjoying it, but it is a Tekken ass. A great deal of you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man, I bet. I guess that's the other thing is it has a huge roster and they have so many they have so many subtypes, so many stances, so many contextual moves. I, I guess that's the thing that's really hard for me, is I'm so used to something like Street Fighter, right, where a character's toolkit I mean, there's a lot in there that's directional stuff, right? You know. Chun-Li in Third Strike, her back standing fierce that does the double hand palm strike away that's just it just out-prioritizes so many moves and is so powerful at building meter and all that stuff. You know, it's it's a great move, but like a lot of the different parts of their toolkit are broken down by the quarter circle directions or the charging inputs. And the directional inputs are important too, but like you're doing lots of quarter circles, half circles, dragon punch motions, whatever. Tekken has so many moves that are really only gated by a single direction, right? Like standing light versus forward light. It's not just, oh, this is a slightly faster punch. Like, you know, with Feng Wei, if I do a, if I'm standing still and I hit 
up and forward and light punch or whatever. Like I'm not just doing a slightly different punch. Like this is a he shifts completely like quarter circle around the opponent and jabs to their midsection. Like that feels like something that would be a command circle input, like a quarter circle or a half or something in Street Fighter or an SNK game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like such subtle. So like the difference between holding back and heavy kick versus back down heavy kick, Ugh. night and day, right? Like completely different moves, like unbelievably different. And like that's the thing that's really hard to grapple with. Yeah. Did you? So I. I don't know if you, I don't know if you got a chance to try this out, but you know, um, they, that that specificity was something that they focused on when they put Kazuya into Smash. Have you played as him at all? Interesting. No, not at all. Yeah, I haven't. like all of those, all of those tilt moves. Like he has like a uh, eight directional tilt moves, basically. Wow. Yeah. It's, so he he brings that mechanical de- yes, complexity to smash. Yeah, um, my one of my favorites I think is the forward up tilt a combo. If you keep doing that, he does like a series of kicks that I think break shields and stuff. It's really wow. Yeah, it's nuts. Like it's <laughs> it's real crazy what they what they did. Like there's some like extra canceling stuff in there where like um, I'm not remembering exactly how this works, but it's like if you press um, what was it? It's one of my favorites to do too. So it's been a while. It's uh, it's not in my brain, but there's a difference between sort of just as an example. If you hit you hit a delay for a second, then then hit a and forward versus if you just hit a twice and forward. Right. Yeah. Like and that. Right. That's Tekken. <laughs> that's Tekken. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. There's, there's that. That's amazing. I mean, it doesn't. It's both. That's both hilarious and also clearly a love letter to Tekken. Yeah. Like, man, the inputs yeah. and the, yeah. the what it asks of you. Even the basic fact that, like, you know, of course, when I was relatively new to Tekken, I was like, oh, the Mishimas are like the they're like the Kins and Ryu's, right? Like, those are your easy starter characters. And it's like, no, if you want to use their incredibly powerful, amazing moveset, you have to learn the most obtuse, weird, like, it's like somebody took a dragon punch motion and just broke it. Yeah. And just put it together with Elmer's glue, and you're like, I have to hit forward punch. That what? Like why? You know? And it's like, oh, this movie's incredible, yeah. and it's a three chain juggle. Mm. Like, good luck doing it. You know, you're gonna have to train in hundred times Earth's gravity to learn it. <laughs> filthy pleb. Like, oh my god, it's like the game just doesn't care. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, or like, I just dis- like discovered that like, oh, some characters have like wall jumps. And you just can't find that in the move list, or at least I couldn't. I'm like, oh, and, and like, come to find out, each one of them is there's like character specific wall jumps for some of these characters yeah. for certain stages. Sure, it'd be nice if Tekken would have told me that. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, I don't know what I'd do with that information. I got 45 other inputs to track right now. Yeah. Um, and my opponent might just walk up and throw me. But like, <laughs> it's like, I can't, like, why would you hide this information from me? <laughs> oh jeez. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's the that's the other end of the spectrum where I'm not really there for the story. It's pure mechanics. Mm-hmm. It's 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 been fun uh kind of getting back into that fighting game mindset. There's there's something about it when you're in that zone just playing. Man, it's really satisfying. Definitely. All right. So do we want to get into the the meat of tonight's episode? Yeah, I'm I'm almost afraid that we have already. But yes, like yeah, we're, right. Yeah. We're supposed to be talking about Metroid and Metroidvanias, uh, but there's just so many damn games out there, and yeah, really, it truly is. Um, so we're talking about Metroid Dread tonight, yeah, basically. 
Um, and uh, obviously, if you're going to talk about Metroid Dread, you do kind of have to talk about Metroidvanias and stuff in general. I should have made a list of all the ones that I've tried or played or backed on Kickstarter. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe the real Metroidvanias were the friends we made along it's the way. The Kickstarters that failed along the way. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, sorry. Game development is there's very hard. There's so many of yes, them. There's a lot. Like a lot of them promise that are like operated on the on the promise of of the you know to be the new one or the the next coming of it or whatever. Right. right? And we mm-hmm. have like a nice mix of like roguelite ones and sort of retro ones or throwback ones and all these other like what what is it called a uh, bloodstained. That one by the oh, dude yeah. who actually worked on Symphony of the Night mm-hmm. is maybe okay, but then the the eight bit or like the NES style spinoff one that they made is really good. <laughs> like crazy <laughs> how that one works out. Um, it, so it's it's so funny to me. I mean, obviously, if you're not familiar with Metroidvanias, I don't know how, I, but I you know, it's it. either based on Metroid or Castlevania. Mm-hmm. It's a platformer, roughly, but with some sense of progression and exploration. Yes. I think that's probably the broadest and easiest way to describe yeah. it. Um, what's really fascinating to me uh, is to watch in the modern era. I mean, obviously, you think about touchstone characters of the early days, Mario and Sonic and so forth. These like early platformer characters who, you know, a, a multi-billion dollar industry is now built on the back of these very simple characters. Mm. But you don't really have a, that many true imitators of the classic platformers except every now and then, okay, like Shovel Knight is a great example of like one that just like, wow, you know, really blew the doors off. And there are certainly other iterations of it, right? Mega Man style, you know, with some level of progression and choice, but still pretty self-contained platformer levels. But really that these, these, this Metroidvania where you're still getting kind of that old school platforming feel and you're, you know, kind of that some of the Twitch gameplay and precision, but exploration, progression, leveling and accruing of new abilities and stuff like mm-hmm. that, that 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 mix there's just a million of oh, them yeah. now yeah like you're spoiled for choice like if you like to explore you know blocky environs and and see a door and say i'll open that in an hour you just have so many choices man yeah <laughs> yeah but then you know the the from you know a triple a kind of perspective or from an indie perspective there's a lot you could go on and and um, enjoy, or get frustrated with, or or play oh, around. Sure. Yeah, and then all sorts of different sort of visual style. You have something that's like like Guacamelee was really cool. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hollow Knight. Um, mm-hmm. There's another one I had recently been playing, but I didn't finish. What's the Rogue Light one? That's uh, what is it called? It is Dead Dead Cells. Dead Cells. That's the one that you're like the little bell guy with the yes. whip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. It's like the flaming yep, head. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. you know that has all sorts of different play styles, encourages you to try out different builds, and and uh, I think it just got like a huge DLC update. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of stuff. <laughs> a lot of good stuff. And then maybe like the core, yeah. the the and a flagship is the word here. But you had like Super Metroid as like the one. And then yep. Castlevania Symphony of the Night is the like mm-hmm. any other Castlevania after that was gonna copy it or imitate it. Two sure, ones, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, that was the hook. Wait, that was the hook for Dark Souls. I was like, hey, it's just a, it's just a castle, it's just a Metroidvania, but in three D. <laughs> <laughs> 
Right. And it's funny because our last episode and our prior discussions talking about Dark Souls yeah. and stuff and like you really got me back on a kick of playing Metroidvanias because I I was always more on the Vania than the Metroid, I mm. guess. Mm-hmm. You know, especially growing up in a pretty fundamentalist uh, uh, religious household, the oh idea of, of running around killing vampires with a cross certainly appealed. Oh, I see. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Just the cool gothic horror vibes and, and all that. But. Yeah, that art is still gorgeous. Like, the character, yeah, I mean, the key art, and uh, stuff. Obviously, yeah. yeah, and like I, as much as I dig, I mean, Samus being an armored bounty hunter going through space killing aliens is awesome too, and I love, you oh. know, a, that whole vibe. I honestly think it really comes down to music. Mm. A lot of Metroid music, mm-hmm. to me, sounded almost too appropriate. It was like eerie ambiance of going through a weird alien hellscape, yeah. whereas a lot of Castlevania music, it sounds like the Phantom of the Opera is up there jamming. <laughs> And you're like, yeah, yeah, I'm coming here to kill Dracula with these sick moves. Yeah, oh, yeah. Just like, like the Castlevania music was amazing to listen to. So even if I was like doing terrible, I was like, mm, mm. like I was just, I was jamming yeah. out. I, I feel like my appreciation for Sonic is along the same wavelength. I mean, the gameplay is critical, but I feel like the Sonic soundtracks are always so you, much better. You're familiar with Mario. the vocal track at the end of Symphony of the Night, right? I am the wind. Yes. Mm-hmm. totally unexpected there's no vocal tracks at all throughout the whole game and then i'm the wind kicks on while when when you get to the end of it what in the world it's so good yeah. it's still super good <laughs> it really I, is I, and then also all i found movie. out it's and the it's, same lady recently a friend had told me it's the same lady that does the snake eater song like that's the same still in a yeah. dream. amazing one of the greatest we, we can make fun of the latter segment all we want it's it's Cynthia, one of the most legendary Cynthia moments Harrell in gaming. Is her name Cynthia oh. Harrell? If you're doing like a ladder ladder machine at the gym and you don't play that song in your head, <laughs> what are you doing with your yeah. life? <laughs> anyway, but yeah, you know, bloody tears and vampire oh, yeah. killer. I mean, the, I love the Metroid music because it sounds like what Samus would be experiencing. Yeah. But I like the Castlevania music like as music, mm-hmm. like you know. And but ironically, as much as I enjoy all those games. I've really not finished that many Metroidvanias. Hmm. I've played mm-hmm. a lot, but I haven't finished a whole lot. Metroid Dread is one of the first Metroidvania. Well, after our discussions the other day on the last pod about Castle, I went and played some Hollow Knight mm-hmm. again. I went and played through some others. I, I got the Castlevania Advance Collection. Ooh, I yes. guess that's really where uh-huh. I'm at, is that a lot of my completed Metroidvanias were on the Game Boy Advance. Just recently, I did... um. Whatever. Hold on. There's the one <laughs> I can't even remember what it's called. They all have these like amazing gothic names. But the the there's like the uh it's not Aria of Sorrow. Dawn of Sorrow? I don't know. Wait, think. which one are we talking about? Well, there's the one with the guy with the white hair. That's yeah, not Aria the one of that Sorrow I played. Is the Game Boy Advance one, and then Dawn of Sorrow is the sequel on the DS. Then I played Aria of Sorrow and just finished okay. that. Yes. I really enjoyed yep. playing that mm-hmm. again. Um had a lot of fun. And back in the day, I think it was was it Zero Mission? Which which the, there were two Metroid Advance yes. titles, if I yep. recall. Uh, Zero Mission and Fusion. I Fusion. I think I completed Zero okay. Mission. I played Fusion, but I think I completed Zero Mission. So like my my actual completed Metroid and Castlevanias are pretty slim. I may have beaten another Castlevania, mm. but I don't think so. But like I beat them on the Advance because I would usually carry that yeah. with me and play them. Right. right? Like. Um, I found it pretty difficult, or at least I have, to, to sit down in front of a big television and complete Metroidvanias for whatever mm-hmm. reason, even though I enjoy playing them. Um, and part of it, to be truth, to be honest with you, 100%, it's because I have 
the location sense of Roranor Zoro. Oh, yeah. And I get mm-hmm. lost. And there's somewhere in, right, there's that early phase where you're just doing like baby's first steps, discovering new rooms. And then there's like the end game where you're clearly gearing up to the boss. Like somewhere in the middle, that like 40 to 60% range where you kind of have a, you have a ton of stuff explored, but then you still have a ton of like hanging kind of question marks and still have a bunch of stuff to get. And it's kind of up to you to suss out where to go next. I just kind of get lost and I'm like, I don't know where I'm supposed to go. I don't think I'm done. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I figure, I bet he kills Dracula. Oh my God. <laughs> I just kind of give up. Yeah. But you said you did beat Aria of Sorrow. Yes, yeah. I did. I, I do recommend, um, and I do recommend if you enjoyed that one, Dawn of Sorrow. Unfortunately, it had a bit of a glow down because they stopped using, I can't remember the artist's name right now. I'm sorry. You know how the really cool, overly like really detailed gothic art for all the profile, the character profiles and stuff. Yeah, they changed yeah. to—I don't know who the designer is—but they changed. They sort of dropped that for a more like a generalized anime look, which I think mm. I think that part sucks. <laughs> but the games are still yeah, really good. A- like the sprite art's really good. Any of the DS Castlevanias, I think I could go back and still really enjoy them. But, I mean, the, mm, the concept sure. there was really strong, too, because it was like, hey, you're just a 16-year-old kid, but also, maybe you're Dracula <laughs> Reborn? Like, like that's such a, um edgy <laughs> 2000s kind of story to go for, but it, it rules. It's great. It's so cool. <laughs> yeah. What about yourself? What's your, like, kind of level of experience and enjoyment with the Metroidvanias? That one, I think, was the first one I had played all the way through, Aria of Sorrow. I... I Mm. I don't know. I think it was maybe Circle of the Moon that I got to play next because it was, you know, just whatever Game Boy Advance Castlevania I could find. But then, yeah, all the DS ones that came after, I never played Lords of Shadow because I think that was on 3DS. The 2D ones, so it was Dawn of Sorrow, Portrait of Ruin, Order of Ecclesia, and then Symphony of the Night I had to do. I think it was on the, the PSP port of it. And then over on mm-hmm. the Metroid side of things, I've, I guess technically I've played all of them. I've been through the 2D ones. I've never actually played through any, finished any of the Prime games. Played a little bit of the NES one, but I really, Zero Mission covered that for me. And then I waited, mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. Samus Returns on 3DS came out. That's Samus, that's Metroid 2. And I, I had to laugh recently because right. I was playing through it. I was like, okay, wait, Super Metroid is actually Metroid 3? Like, that's bizarre <laughs> like you're from oh is yeah, it i always thought the that third was one because this the original yeah. one is nes two was on the game boy and then uh-huh. super metroid came yeah. out after that i guess i just knew that a friend of mine had like i didn't have an original yeah. game boy but i had a friend who was like that the original game boy was probably his primary gaming experience so he like he's like look you can play sam you know it's you can play metroid on on game yeah. boy. he had all the stuff you know i played i played a lot of stuff going to yeah. his house so I knew the second game was on Game Boy. I guess I never thought about it, but yeah. I guess if from a console only perspective, it is kind of weird to think about now that I, in retrospect, yeah, because it's like that. the one, it's like <laughs> the Metroid game, right? And, but it's actually the third right. one somehow. Well, I think probably it, there's probably something similar with Zelda, right? Like I don't think a lot of people have as much nostalgia for those first two games as they do for like Link to the Past. That like that's mm. when it's like okay, this is something I special. I yeah. would say, you know, what is Metroid Four is Fusion. So it's so there's a huge gap between mm-hmm. you know Super Metroid and then Fusion, and then and mm-hmm. then now Dread, which was sure. also bizarre because that was like a rumored 
2D title for the DS that never like crystallized. Mm-hmm. Like there were, I remember reading rumors about this, and so when like mm-hmm. it, it was announced last year, it came out last year, and now you know here it is. Here's Metroid Five, like twenty something right. years later, or whatever. That, what what a strange journey that Sam yeah. has been on. I mean, if there's man it, it, of all of Nintendo's sort of core characters samus has certainly been on one of the strangest rides across you know even it's like oh the prime games are really good but then there was you know what was it the third one or the fourth one that was just like really bizarre and strange and then like she'll just go like you know two consoles without getting a game or something it's very what a a strange journey she's been on especially with dread kind of finalizing that final story right yeah oh yeah but but dread proper uh i guess what's funny is that i i was trying to play um, I've been really clearing out my RPG backlog, and I was trying to play Xenoblade Chronicles oh, yeah? Definitive Edition, huh? even though I love the world and the art design and everything. The combat was crushing yeah. my soul. Yep. The like MMO combat is already very slow and sluggish, and it's a solo experience. And I just felt like I was playing like cooldown whack a mole. <laughs> I would just look at the... I wasn't even looking at the combats. I was just like, all right, I look down at the bottom bar. I see the blue exclamation point. I click that one. Oh, I click the other. Oh, I click the other. I felt so disconnected from the yeah. game. I was like, all right, I gotta I gotta play something a little more visceral. Get your hands dirty. Yeah, like I gotta play a game that's... you know. So I was like, I'm not doing another RPG. I'm, I'm jumping over to something else in my backlog. It's like, you know what? I'm gonna play Dread. It's a little bit mm. fresher. Uh, you know, I hope it has that responsive combat. And like, man. Yeah. What a game, yeah. right? Dread is just there's a few games there's a few games I played last year that made me go video games man like video games <laughs> interactive entertainment I'm guys I'm seeing absolutely nothing and everything all at once like No More Heroes right. 3 did that <laughs> Metroid Dread did that there's another one I can't think of right now but just ugh, like yeah Metroid Dread is just man I don't you know hmm. That game is just it's just airtight. Yeah. Like you would not believe this is a game with a torture production. Oh, yeah. This feels like mama's home. Famous is like, I heard you guys were copying my swag, <laughs> so like I'm back yeah. now. Let me show you how mm-hmm. it's done. Like I like I having pl- I, you know, played a bunch of even recent Metroidvanias, I kinda of fell off Hollow Knight and I kinda of fell off I tried to play The Messenger and it was really fun and I kinda of fell off of that too. Like I just I was like, eh, I don't know, I keep keep falling off these games, but like Metroid, I could not mm-hmm. put it down. And I had to finish. Yeah. I had to finish yep. that game. And you know me, I had to go back in. Like I was like, I'm not done with this. Yeah. I hundred but yeah, that first clear <laughs> I think my first clear maybe was at like ten or eleven hours. So when you said you'd finished it okay. at eight, I'm like, that's good. Like, good job. Like you did it at eight. So it was like a hundred no no, sorry. It was ten or eleven hours for the first clear, and then I went back and I uh-huh. think it was maybe fourteen hours for hundred percent items or something. Or 100%. Okay. Yeah, 100% upgrades. And there's some. That's pretty impressive. The cleanup step was tricky because I was like not sure what I was missing. And there was like one small chunk of screen I just did not see. Mm, and then I had yeah. to go back in for hard mode. And then after hard mode, I think I did a 0% run just to like feel something. <laughs> just to feel yeah. the rush. Well, it, <laughs> just to know you, if I you, was alive. 0% <laughs> run is really interesting because you, you know, you're not, you cannot pick anything up except for sure. the ones that you need to progress. So there's up, you know, the upgrades, mm-hmm. but like no extra energy tanks, no extra missiles, whatever. 
yeah, you, be on you can it. take maybe one or two hits. This was normal mode. This wasn't even hard mode. So going through yeah. it again with not being able to take any hits, like maybe two, one or two hits max. Praying for like mm-hmm. the RNG to work out in your favor, like the behavior to work out in your favor, just briefly, so you can get a couple more hits in. Like there's something beautiful about that. Mm-hmm. And then that's when I started going back in and doing like the crazy, trying to get the game finish the game under two hours. Yeah, man, that's got to be a challenge. But yeah, I can see yeah. it though. I, I can see so it being satisfying. possible just because yeah. of the so, design. Well, I guess real quick, um, <laughs> I'm like getting way too into the post game kind of stuff. <laughs> tell me tell me about your experience like you you picked it up you wanted that more like visceral kind of a gameplay yeah i guess the first thing that is so like i guess gripping about the game is that it is incredibly simple in presentation it's so very clear that you're playing yes. a video game right like i'm hmm. a little character i run i jump i do my little shots even in handheld mode like samus's responsiveness hmm. to the environment her interactions with it the way she like you know, reaches and climbs and turns into a ball. The Before way she you get moves, the, the way and you're like in, peering through a gap, and she kind of leans into the gap. Yeah, oh my God, oh yeah, my like goodness, it feels so yeah. natural. And it and like the, even the way, like when when you're aiming, like if she's planted, like the her, the way she's planted in her stance, and she yeah. aims. I mean, it almost feels it's ridiculous almost to say, but it's like, it's like first person level of like you know where I'm moving and where her arm is moving. The level of minutia yes. is there. In that sense, it doesn't feel like a video game. Like, where I'm a character, like, one of the things that I, as much as I love the Castlevania, is like the whip just acts like a weird video yeah. game thing, mm-hmm. right? Like, it's like here, this is weird stick, and then suddenly it goes limp for some reason. And sometimes I make it go, ooh, 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 and flail around. <laughs> and it never looks like what a whip does. But when I'm watching Samus, and I know I'm playing a video game just from the presentation, but in terms of how she's interacting yeah. with the environment, like the verisimilitude and the investment, the sense that she is in a real lived place, the way that camera moves, even just for saving yeah. and stuff, you know, the way she walks up and hooks the arm into the, the interfaces, yeah. all of that it's feels so, so and physical. And, yeah. yeah like, like she doesn't no. feel heavy, but She's the world so light does too. Considering like all the pieces, mm-hmm. are, like she looks like she hits like a truck, but like she's, she's uh, mm-hmm. what's she, like, she sprints immediately right sure like just she's on she's out she's going mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and like you you, you get the sense at any given moment yeah. like not not a glass cannon feeling but like you get a sense of her power and her capability and her ability to interact with the environment she responds very precisely to what you tell her to do like in terms of inputs mm. and reactions but the world itself is very yeah. dangerous and the world itself is very mm. unforgiving and very ominous. It, like it, it's it's exactly that kind of action horror vibe, which is a really hard vibe to pull oh, yeah. off, right? Like I don't, and I guess the way that the resources in the game—I mean, just health and missiles—is yeah. not a lot. Um, but I think what's brilliant about it is, you know, a lot of times, like playing with say games that have more of an inventory system and items you can pull, start interacting with menus. You know, you're playing a game. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like. You, start going into like, oh, I'll pull this item out of my inventory or I'll equip a different relic. Like the fact that all of the power-ups just yeah. stack oh, yeah. all the uh-huh. time. You're never doing that game where you're like, oh, do I equip the ice or the fire to my shots? Like, no, they just all her shots just do everything all the time. So somebody noticed this 
if you are in the lava. So at some point, right, yeah, there's ice missiles and there's all this other stuff, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. If you're in the lava and you shoot an ice missile out of it, the uh, the ice on the missile melts and it becomes a regular super missile. Isn't that That's cool? So specific. That's Isn't that so attention cool. to detail? Yeah. So yeah. wonderful. Like. That's a, that's love right there, right? Yes, that, that's absolutely. Yeah, the care and the, the what's put into it, but I guess like the the fact that at first I was like, oh, every upgrade just makes me better, and I never have to switch. That mm. feels kind of weird. But then I realized I was never wasting my time yes. in menus. I was except for I was maps because you got lost in, because you're an idiot and I'm an idiot and we're all idiots. <laughs> Where the hell am I going? Yes, yeah. there's that. Huh? Yeah, uh, even that feels yeah. pretty lived in, though, right? Like, it feels like it would make sense for her oh, to, like, yeah. look at yeah, like, a digital map display, yeah. too. But, like, I'm never, like, in her inventory, like, oh, I have to deploy four, okay, we call them space stems, but they're potions. Like, who are we <laughs> yeah. kidding? Or, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's mm-hmm. none of that. Like, there's none of that nonsense. It's just, like, I'm just shoot. in the moment. Yeah, yeah. yeah playing the game, moving, mm. maneuvering, and, like, it's just, man, what a, what a, what an effective, and engaging way that is i don't know i i felt it was really really powerful because like metroidvanias especially because of how common they are and you're so used to all the tricks like i know i'm gonna have a mini map i have to manage and i have to you know slowly unravel this grid and i know i'm gonna see a wall and i can't interact with that yet and i'll be back later and you know the game is so efficient and it's so slick i i wasn't like oh i'm playing a metroidvania i'm just I'm playing this game yeah. right now. Oh yeah, I'm playing Metroid Dread. <laughs> I'm playing Metroid. Yeah, video, video games, games, as you said. <laughs> yeah. What about yourself? The boss fights in this game, there, there's a bit of like, and I, this has always been the case. They never really give you like a visible life meter or anything. They, they kind of like put the damage on the monsters mm-hmm. or the bosses or whatever. Did you, yeah. did you have a hard time with those, or did you feel like? Because okay, the key points in this game. Actually, maybe I should take a step back here. Emmys are the new thing. Having to deal with Emmys. What are your feelings or thoughts on on Emmys? Correct. Like the Emmy rooms. Well, uh, so here's my first question, and I have played a lot of a lot of ish. I mean, to say a lot, I have played more than my fair share of Metroidvanias. But there are so many out there. There's always going to be somebody who's like, "Oh, you haven't played." Bibble Dops Doobie Dap, like that game had the, you know, so I don't know, but mechanically to me, I don't know if I've ever seen anything like the Emmy Zones. The closest thing I can think of, I, I can't speak to like any non-official Metroid, like let's, <laughs> we're going to lose the plot if we go too far out, out here, sure. but um, the first maybe taste of this uh, that I've experienced was in Metroid Fusion. Did you play that one at all? Okay. Or not really? No, I guess I didn't then. I do recommend it if you get a chance. Okay. That one's okay. Uh, I, I like it a lot. There's there's and there's stuff in this game, I guess sort of plot wise that um makes a little bit more sense or or you can clock, I guess, based okay. on some, some things that, that happened in this one. Mm-hmm. In that game and the reason that so I, I at this point uh, I think you know that her biology and they I think they mentioned in the intro her biology's been sort of like corrupted, right? Because yeah. of the uh yeah. The, the the X, right? The X parasite. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In that game, uh, parts of her suit had to be surgically removed from her, and the X, I guess it's sort of an organic, mm-hmm. like it looks mechanical, but there's some organic parts to it because the X parasite had copied it or made a version of her 
that runs around and chases and tries to hunt you down. Mm -hmm. So there's like, even in the original trailers, there's like, Oh my God, like they, they're doing the kind of SAX thing. Like, Oh, it's, it's, um, X parasite is what the general thing is called. Then SAX was the Samus copy that you had to deal with infusion. Yeah. I see. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. The, Interesting. Maybe it was the first time you really got to see it. Cause there's just some, you can't fight. Go, 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 go get the hell out. Yeah. But of course, like I see, I see. I, I I really yeah I was really impressed with it mechanically. Um, I guess because what's interesting is that so many mm -hmm. of the little the little goobers you fight, you know, while they're annoying or whatever, you know that they they respawn pretty often yes. and they drop plenty of resources. Like you can just you don't really need the recharge stations and stuff that much. You can just kill the little goobers yeah. and, and restock, mm -hmm. relatively speaking. And I was like, well, how do they maintain the challenge then? And then these Emmy zones, you know, because they're it's a different, I think it was the, to me, I, I appreciated it because it's like, oh, it's very clear to get from point A to point C. I need to pass yeah. through this zone B so that the difficulty and the sort of barrier was not like, oh, you haven't unlocked green backflips. <laughs> Can't get through yeah. this zone yet. The difficulty, yeah. like the barrier was you're going to have to get through some Twitch gameplay. You can't just shoot your way out mm. of. You got to play a little bit of Metal Gear, you know, stealth here, roll ball here. You know, and there's a little bit of like trial and error. You might go in and yeah. be like, "Oh, I goofed up. I'm running out for a second. Wait for the door to get not be red anymore, and then try again." Like, I really liked that. Um, and I feel like the the uh, the effect and the intensity of the Emmys was was pretty consistent throughout the entire mm -hmm. game. I really really liked it. Uh, I'm curious how you felt about them too, though. Like, what yeah, did I, you? So I. I understand that there's sort of a bit of a contention around how people maybe wanted them to be but it, it, my experience with them was and especially on three tries or going through it again for a speed run attempt or whatever that was the part i couldn't predict mm -hmm. because sometimes they they're a little mm -hmm. bit randomly placed throughout the map yeah uh, or just like the, the position so having mm -hmm. to adapt to that or adjust to okay it's here now i need to get past it as quick as possible shave off another 10 seconds from a speedrun perspective, that kind of sucked because right. it was like, ah, like I was really hoping you would be here. And then, like for example, like right when you're able to defeat the Emmys with the um, can't remember what the upgrade is called. Yeah, the, the big yeah, Omega, Omega rays or whatever. When you have that positioning uh, for time, at least getting into the position where you can get through both stages of it without having to move mm -hmm. saves a ton of time. Mm -hmm. Like. The ice, the ice, the one sure. in the ice room, I think, was one of the trickier ones because you had to like get it to start following you, and then you had oh, to like make sure one, yeah. you track it as it's crawling on the roof. Yeah, the whole time. yeah, yeah. And then make sure you're just <laughs> you're far enough away from the edge so that when it lands, it doesn't get you like stab you immediately because <laughs> that's that happens on more than a few attempts. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm say overall, I really like them. I almost felt rot like we're getting into spoiler territory here. I feel like we should just say that right now. Hey, there's going to be spoilers. Uh, if you haven't played Metroid Dread, sure, I want to yeah. talk about this stuff. Yeah, you really should. You should anyway. But if you're but not, uh, this will... is your warning for yeah. Metroid Dread spoilers. Warning: You're entering the spoiler that zone. Very loud. Okay, yeah, we're good. Good, you've checked. You, this is a, this is a, your fault now. If you're going to keep going, <laughs> listener. Yeah, this is on you. This is, in your <laughs> this <hands>. is on you. <laughs> that last Emmy. You're all decked out, and then she just like she just like sucks mm -hmm. that one's soul out. Like she grabs it by the throat and kills it. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> very cool. 
but also, damn, I wanted to kill that one. <laughs> like, you took that one from me. <laughs> yeah, I don't, it's fine. It's I, not I was that cool big with it. I, I thought the, it that's worked. That's the one with the the power bomb, right? Power bombs in knocks yes, you right, out. Correct. But then she's like, nah, like mm-hmm. <laughs> slurp. <laughs> See, I guess that's the thing that I really liked about the Emmys as a structure because like you, you have that thing where okay if the if the player can continually yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. upgrade to feel some sense of progression they eventually yep. sort of out level an area but Emmys were simply unkillable so you know it it, it retain like you still felt like an action hero in the other zones yep. but mm-hmm. you knew like I gotta psych up I'm going into a zone where I am no longer yes. the predator I am the prey here and I have to respond to this roving somewhat yep. awkward and strange creature and then it also leverages the you know of course it's on the switch it's a modern hardware but those like zoom in yeah they're just quick time events but the visceral feel of like that thing looking in your face and you're like got your finger over their butt and you're like i'm going for that why yeah, baby yeah. Like, you know like really intense that the, the cam the, the fluidity of the camera coming I in for i'm those gonna say that really, i wouldn't really mind in and those then, um when when emmy actually grabs you um i wouldn't mind if it was be easier to counter or more predictable to counter because it ended up being like maybe 50% when I was really really good like mm-hmm. really really practiced with it mm-hmm. I could maybe get it but it was so I believe and it's designed to be this way I think that it wasn't really something you could predict like yeah and I think yeah, you need it to be unpredictable I think you to need to for, fail more often than you succeed yeah, for it to be otherwise what's the threat yeah. right um, but the RNG of it did so and I mean also it's like you shouldn't have got caught, I guess. <laughs> right. The skill is not getting caught. If you're in the quick time event zone, you're already yeah. in like, mm-hmm. can luck save me, right? Um, and I think the other thing, though, too, is talking about the Omega Beam, what I like about the Omega Beam, this I think the Emmy element is specifically what made me feel like this is really good action horror mm-hmm. because no matter how powerful you got, you simply cannot kill the Emmy. So when you're in their, when you're in their territory, you are inherently on the run and on the defensive and trying to avoid you know, horror movie style, but then just like the final girl, right? Like, just like when you're yeah. in that, like once you get the Omega beam and it's like, okay, now we both have kind of an equal chance of killing each other, but no, there's no guarantee. I'm going to have to run and move and get just right to line up that kill. Like the, you know, that that's classic, you know, how to all good, this is this good action horror movie type thing. Endings go right. This is Ripley in the, in the, yeah. in the power lifter oh, yeah. power suit. Right. You know, like this is, it, it feels like those kinds of moments, like where both parties have an equal yeah. chance of killing each other. Oh yeah, um, that's true. And that's, that's you're really right. hard to pull off. Cause like, cause like you, like and you're, and you're watching it. I mean, it slows down, but you're like, you're like, yeah, crack, fill up, crack, fill up, crack, you know, crack. watching its head slowly feel red. And then it's going to stand up and yep. come at you. Like all that feels mm. really, really intense. Um, even after you've done it five or six times. And I think that's, that's really hard to pull off in, yeah, action horror games i like the just straight up like no you can't hurt this thing and you really don't have a chance if it grabs you you're just lucky to get away and the only way to stop it is to unlock this special thing that you burn out once right. and then you're gonna have to get a new one every time um that helped make the other sections which were either uh, you know i guess the other sections were probably a bit too easy but that's okay yes sorry no i i was just like it, it's okay that those other outside sections really just oh, aren't yes, yes. super huh? challenging. 
I think that really works in the game's favor and doesn't make you feel mm-hmm. I guess punished or exhausted. Like yeah. at no point was I just like, oh my god, another room with this unkillable enemy thing, you know, or whatever. Like, you know, because you have to backtrack so much. But like, I knew I was going in the Emmy zones and it was going to be intense. But otherwise, I could just yeah, kind of blaze through it and that's I fine. I did appreciate the reprieve that you were out of an Emmy zone. Like, I don't know that mm-hmm. I would love it. I mean, maybe. You know, it's hard to say for sure. But I don't know that I would love it if the Emmys could get out. Maybe, maybe like oh, one yeah, that, of them. But I, I feel be like too much. I think that could get old really fast. Yeah, I could see there being like segments of the game where it's like, oh no, you know, yeah. like now on the map, Emmys are on the prowl. Yeah, like I could see that again. That player choice and agency. I mean, sometimes you have to go through their zone, but you know, like okay, I have to go in. And I think the like being able to exit their zone makes the RNG a little more forgiving. Mm-hmm. Like you can kind of be like, okay, well, I can exit their zone for a bit and roll the dice again. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. But I thought that was a really effective mechanic, and I, again, I couldn't think of too much like it from other games. And I felt like that. I thought it was very harsh at first. I'm like, you mean I can't kill this thing at all? But yeah, as the game progressed and and time went on, I was like, no, that's actually probably one of the smartest things about this game. Other than, yeah. and this is the other thing that I think is amazing, and I don't know if this is your experience too, but one of the things with my poor sense of direction is that where I am supposed to go next, I often, my intuitive direction sense leads me astray. And mm. I don't know if that ever happened in Dread. Pretty much every time it was like, every 10 to 20 minutes, a new thing was happening. I was unlocking something else. I was beating a boss. I was you know, getting a new upgrade. And I was like, I don't know where to go next. I feel like I should go this way. And that was the way to go. Like mm. every single time, I don't know if it's the just the layout of the of the maps. I don't know what the the trick was, but my intuition was pretty much always right. And I was able to just kind of breeze right through. There were a couple through. of choke points for me. I don't know what the, so the section where you have to go into the water area. And I think after you pick up that, like that quick dash, the dash dodge thing. I didn't see where I was supposed to go after that. Sure, okay. Like I somehow totally, just totally missed that one. So I wasted like an hour or something mm. um, going back thinking, okay, this should be able to get me through. Now that I have this thing, I can get around. Sure. You know, whatever. And then it wasn't until, I, I think I ended up looking something up because I was like, this is too long mm-hmm. getting lost here. So then I went back and saw where that hook was. Because, yeah, because I was like, I know I'm supposed to come back here, but I feel like I can't do anything with this upgrade that I got. And it it was just because I just did not see. I went all Mm -hmm. the way back up rather than, like, seeing, like, go up a step and then here it is on the right. Um, And there was another... There was another step I forgot. I think I got a little bit lost. But, I mean, I'm not holding it against the game. That was me not paying attention. Ah, okay. Um... Or just like too much in a rush or too excited to go and use this new new to- new toy. <laughs> yeah, it was just a couple of times, but I would say not. Uh, the having gone through Super Metroid, and I feel like what was the other one? What had had a problem with this? I think it's Super Metroid. There were a couple of spots in there that I felt like I I was like, did I did I uh, soft lock the game here? Like I don't know what I'm supposed to do here. And then I was like, oh, there's a dedicated mm, run button that sure. I didn't know about somehow. Because this is the only game with a dedicated run button. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're supposed to run over like a part of a bridge that like falls after you stand on it for too long. And I just didn't feel like I was moving quick enough. Sure. And then there was, uh, I think this might have been in Zero Mission. 
either zero mission or super where you're supposed to see that these crabs are coming from like the hole in the ground. Like it looks like there's a rock there, but they're clearly like crawling out of something. And so when you actually step there, okay. it, rev- it does like a trans transparency or like a, um, it, it does like a cutaway thing. It shows you there's, Oh, this, this part underneath is where you can go. And then there's some arguments about like mm. the glass tubes. Cause you know, you have to break, break some glass tubes at some point with a power bomb. That's tradition now. Yeah, right. But I don't think there's any indicator before that you would be able to do that. If, sure. If you're not looking out for some of these things, then it, it can get a little bit. That first chunk of it, you know, having done a few speedrun attempts through there, uh, it does loop around. Like, it loops you through the same thing with, like, different doors unlocked. You know what I'm talking about? That very first area? Mm-hmm. So sure, it, yeah. But I feel like, you know, seeing the genius of it, this is, maybe that's inflating it too much, but mm-hmm. seeing how they want you to get through there and sort of breaking that sequence a couple of times, it's pretty It's pretty cool, actually, like, how they have yeah. run through those spots. Like, especially later on when you revisit and a bunch of it's frozen. Like, that's, so, like, oh, that's really cool, though. Yeah, like, yeah. Something messed up the heating and now everything's on ice. I thought that was a really interesting because obviously you know Sympathy and spoiler alert for a you know twenty year old game yeah, more. Whatever, more than twenty year old game right Sympathy and Night of the yes. Night flipping the map upside down like oh upside down castle you know like I, the 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 sort of uh, map changing water mm-hmm. freeze element doesn't sound like that big a deal but it does make certain areas inaccessible like certain tried and true right. paths are now no longer tried and true I thought that was a nice light of the like flip the castle upside down right you know or like you know there's a second castle that's slightly different like i actually preferred that because i felt like it um in terms of mental stack and like mental load it's like it wasn't like there's already five Mm -hmm. or six sub maps here which are fine but you know if there had been like all the maps flip upside down or there's a secret seventh map or you know like a, a wheel map that connects all of them it could have been a bit too much so i liked that as like a light touch version of and a very immersive one, right? This whole idea of the environmental collapse and stuff going on. Sometimes it's too hot. Sometimes it's too cold. Oh, no. Previous areas are frozen. You've got to do this, that, and the other. Like, that feels very appropriate for a kind of sci-fi station feel. Yeah. Oh, here's a fun, here's a fun little factoid that I didn't notice until afterwards. Uh, did you notice the pattern with all of the names of the maps? No, I, I did not notice any pattern. Artaria? Orenia, Pateris, Dairon, Elune, Orenia, Gavron, Anubia, and Itorash. It's all alphabetical. It's just A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I. I was like, uh, but it okay. doesn't feed you through. Okay. You start off in Artaria and then you go to Kataris. But it was just like, oh, I feel so silly. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> area A. Oh, we're in Area A now. You, okay. You tricky yeah. dogs. You got me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm good with that. I like that. That's cute. I think it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. They're yeah. very sci-fi-y. Right. Uh, without feeling like alpha, beta, gamma, generic kind of space yeah. military jargon type stuff. Plot. There's plot in this game. <laughs> like. Yeah. Sure. I guess. How, how, uh, I wasn't. You know. It's not. <laughs> Metroid isn't really heavy on the plot, and they kind of have cutscenes sometimes. Uh, there's a lot more talking yeah. in the last four and five, I guess, than there is sort of typically mm-hmm. but uh how did how did you like that for this 
You know, I'm very mixed on it. Yeah. I didn't dislike it. I don't want to call it standard, but nothing really surprising or yeah. wowed me in terms of plot. And I don't really, this is, maybe this is, I don't know if this is Samus's strength or weakness, but Samus to me seems a, is a very singular character. Yeah. Even say like the Belmonts, there's a bunch of them. Yeah. But they have, they have like an attack, a, a pure, like true villain antagonist in someone like Dracula. Or you, know, you even think of Link, who's a pretty solitary adventure hero. You've got Navi, and you've got Ganon, and you've got uh, Zelda, and you've got kind of all these, like, there's a pretty well-populated world there with all these characters that that, that kind of carry through across the games, you know, and Sheik and all that stuff, too. But, like, Samus is, I mean, other than the Metroids whom she fights, she's a very yeah. singular entity to me, and doesn't really have a lot of named opposition or allies, at least to my mind. When I think of, of the Metroid world, I think very much of Samus alone in a strange place, and all she has is herself, weapons, you know, maybe her ship. She's very kind of self-reliant and individual. So, like, the plot stuff, it's not that it doesn't work. It's like the more you, you try to add on there, the, the more I feel like I'm not playing Metroid. I, think, I feel like the most effective parts to me were anytime like the, the, like it was like, here to like zoom in, almost the camera would kind of come in almost like, like, almost like Prime, Right, coming in really close on her faceplate, you could like see her emotion and expression, or you get a shot from her perspective, or you know, like where you're talking about ripping open the last Emmy and getting the power. Anytime she got an upgrade, yeah, all that felt because it was so focused on her. Mm-hmm. Some of those moments hit me with way more of like an emotional response than any of the plot stuff. I'm fighting space, you know, buzzard god things. None of that really mattered to me. But like moments of her like feeling fear, feeling strength, feeling like that felt very um, visceral and unspoken and singular because she is, you know, by herself throughout pretty much everything. So like to me, those were the really effective moments more right. than anything. You said that you don't really think of her like as an opposition or a named opposition. The space pirates are kind of persistent through the mm-hmm. 2D games. They're always there messing up her shit. Or like getting in the way of stealing the Metroid. And also Metroids as a concept or as an opposition to her. Because, you know, two is all about getting rid of them. One is sort of the first yeah. time they're out and you have to deal with them. Um, Super Metroid is the baby Metroid gets stolen by the space pirates. And sure. you have to go and get it. Because if they do anything with this or if it multiplies, that's not good. I hate it when that happens. I hate it when things multiply. The ex-parasite <laughs> in Fusion... What the the concept of them is that the, the Metroids had something that they were what's the word the natural predator of the X parasite is the Metroids. Ah, oh, I see. Um, for then for them now to be able to multiply or, or become a problem, I guess, for, because of what their nature of like copying and <laughs> killing and whatever, trying to sneak in as the dominant species, that all sort of adds to this. And actually, like I think the the director even said like this is the sort of the end of this part of Samus's story. It's at the end of Metroid. There's more potential mm. potentially. But sure. this arc is now over. <laughs> like this marks mm-hmm. the end of it. The arc yeah. begun on the NES. <laughs> Across 17 and then, systems. You know, the the <laughs> thing that they're sort of hinting at throughout the game, which is you know, this is the implicit stuff that's really nice, is that, you know, they talked about her biology changing fusion, but here she's actually like like something's happened with her. And she's consume mm. like yeah she starts like consuming the things that she's defeating much like a metroid mm-hmm. and then of course 
by the end, mm-hmm. the true metamorphosis of her turning into like her Metroid suit, the dread, the final dread suit. Like she's all yeah. monstery cell, like perfect cell. Yeah. It's beautiful. Like, mm-hmm. The idea that they introduce is like one. Okay. Hey, you know what? The Chozo were not always cool scientist dudes. They're also like, there's also like a war aspect to this. I liked that sort of lore dump in here. Also, it's Raven Beak and Quiet Whisper. Quiet Robe. Quiet Robe yep. were the two birds that you meet in this one. Were quite a friendly face when in in any of the games. There's either like a scientist who's already been turned or consumed by an ex parasite, or a robot that you talk to mm-hmm. throughout the whole game, and that's it. To meet a character who's friendly and wants to help her for the first time, that was like, oh my god, like that's so cool. Nice to mm. meet you old man and then he gets <laughs> stabbed in the back by one of uh Ravenbeak's dudes it's 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 upsetting and then the ex parasite show up yeah right you know there's that's i i really mm-hmm. i was captivated by that and then like this this dude who's trying to call mm-hmm. her daughter because he helped like develop her or mess you know alter her dna so that she's more receptive or modifiable mm-hmm. so that also, it's like a Dragon Ball Z fight at the end, like straight up, like okay. it is. Is it not? Are we not I'm okay with that? Are we, oh, are we not throwing sure, Kamehamehas sure. at each other? Like, <laughs> if if you're gonna settle final oh, score, yeah. like that's how you yeah. settle it, right? The <laughs> biggest and coolest Kamehameha wave. Oh yeah, I mean she did. She totally did. Like she's that scream. Like Samus <laughs> speaks like twice in the game. One mm-hmm. is like telling Quiet Robe that, hey, yeah, I got this. Don't worry about it. And then again, when she's screaming and murdering Ravenbeak at the end, like that, it's just, I would mm-hmm. say it's just enough that it's like, that's so, that, that to satisfy without being too much. And there's a subtle thing here that maybe, maybe, maybe you missed. I don't know. I don't know if you picked up on this, but you know how like, you get these whenever you get to those like data rooms and you're interacting with Adam. Wait, are you familiar with Adam or who Adam is? No. In, yeah, this is a fusion thing. Um, Adam. Okay. I don't want to talk about other M too much. It's a problem. Don't play it if you don't. If you if it ever comes up. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't I'm, do I'm aware Adam, of its uh, issues. And, and Adam it's is all legendary. <laughs> In fusion, this AI thing is talking to you throughout, and she said it kind of reminds him of Adam. Because of a way that the way that it kind of, it's really curt and almost like emotionless, but just enough that they kind of like get it. And they have they have an interaction that they talk about or that Samus talks about in Fusion, where mm-hmm. Adam always calls her lady. Like, got a problem with that lady? Like this weird little thing that they have. Mm. Like she describes it as like an inside joke because she's, she's she doesn't have a problem with it. She's like, that's the mission. I got it. We're we're doing this right. Right. At the very top of Dread, she's clearly talking to Adam. It's talking back. He even says, he even says that. Got a problem with that lady or whatever. That's their little thing. As soon as she touches down on the planet, anytime you hit a data room, you're not talking to Adam. Because that data room thing calls her Samus. It uses the same voice modulo thing. Hmm. So throughout the game, whatever's been guiding you is Ravenbeak. And that's why you're in that data room right at the end before mm. that final battle. So that's that's sort of the reveal. Hey, by the way, mm. he's been guiding you slash manipulating you this whole time. 
it's easy to miss. I don't mm. know if you picked up on that. Yeah. No, I I picked up that he he had corrupted in some way. I didn't know the connection. Yeah. With so the that fire that stuff whole thing, it wasn't even corrupted. He just was blocking the signal because he doesn't actually call. And then he, at the end, oh okay, Adam talks to her because he says the lady thing like before they leave on the way out. I see. Okay. So that's once again okay. really subtle, kind of like a little wink for the people who have been here the whole ride. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, a, one, yeah also, that's really cool. <laughs> it's really funny to think about because the data room really blew. A lot of smoke up Raven Beak's ass. <laughs> like Samus, think about it. It's like Samus, don't fight Raven True. Beak. Oh my god, he's so strong. Okay, he's you. You can't handle ready him for right him. now. You can't. Nothing you have. He's so cool and so strong and so <laughs> handsome. You can't beat this guy. So don't even think about it. Okay. I have terabytes terabytes of him practicing with his nunchucks yeah, he, and he's just unbeatable right even, now he's don't even think about fighting too strong. you can't do it right his incredible physique his razor sharp wit i mean who could yeah. stand mm-hmm. up to him really and also that's oh. how that's how he's keeping track of you throughout the whole game so that it's subtle but it's that's pretty great it's fantastic enamored by that yeah that's really well done and like what a great way to reward yeah. future replays and sort of depth with the game a game that doesn't necessitate depth to complete it, because like I wouldn't. My eight-hour run was like thirty-eight yeah. percent of items and stuff, but that you can complete it either at zero percent. You know, you can speed run it. You can really go all in and fully explore. Like that's a, you know, I I, I like that. I do like that completion. Like I didn't stress myself out beating the game. Um, it was fine. You know, there were a couple of tough spots and a couple of bots. Like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. that's the pattern I got. How about the, the boss fight? Let's talk about the boss fights for a bit. <laughs> favorite, least favorite. Let's like boil it down to those two. I think that's that'll that'll cover it. Favorite, least favorite. Um, I did not like. There's the whatever the one where you're like start on the the platform and you see its mug and you're right up next to it oh, and then you fall down and you it has like a it has the yeah, it has like the belly, disgusting, the disgusting belly button belly that button. shoots like yeah. disgusting mm-hmm. booger bombs at you. Like, not only was mm-hmm. I was like, okay, gross. I was also kind of like the 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 like solution to that fight for me, which was just like mm-hmm. crouch in the corner. Yeah, not super satisfying. Like I, I was like, I don't feel like I'm really being rewarded for learning the game here. I feel like I'm just crouching and pushing a button, and then I'm gonna yeah. climb up and do the real damage and crouch again in the corner and. I didn't really feel like that was super rewarding because I didn't feel like it was growing yeah. my experience with the so game. I got a couple. Th- I got a couple things about Crate that maybe you can appreciate since you've, gro- you've okay. gone through it. One, so Crate's a throwback. You know, Crate's always been Crate's been around since like the NES. Like, uh, so it was like, a, hey, mm-hmm. I remember you. Mm-hmm. And also, if you remember, if you look at <laughs> Samus's like behavior throughout that, she's like this this asshole again. Like she's. She's so tired of it. And like the <laughs> final blast that she does with this face, she's not even looking. She like, right? She like no sells the claw that like goes yeah. towards her head. And she's like, nah, like fully charged blast. Yeah. Not <laughs> the, this, any of the cinematics, like where Samus looks ultra cool is super satisfying. But uh, a couple of things. One, mm-hmm. there is a pattern that's, that's because it's been around so long that you're supposed to jump up on, you can jump up on the claws. You have to time it. Those claws that he shoots towards the wall. As soon as he does those, you can actually take advantage of them. You don't climb up, but you, it's it's the Mega Man oh, um, okay. invisible platform thing where you jump where it's gonna be. So that's sure. You know that's a sneaky thing, but I don't know if you would pick up on that necessarily. Um, but 
Okay. If you do, there's a very specific sequence break that you can do. If you get the morph ball mm-hmm. and bomb before that fight, because you should, I think you're su- once you get one, you should be able to have both. Yeah, you, I don't think you have to go I had out of your way. by that point. But... You can end that fight in like ten seconds, <laughs> and it's disgusting because That's what happens funny. is you there's a little thing down in the bottom left if you have the bombs, you blow it up. You know the ones where you hit the bomb and it powers up and it launches you. The tunnel, the tunnel bomb. I don't know. Yes, I know what but you yeah. mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The little voo, yeah. they like spin so you up that's and shoot one you of down those. the tube. Yeah. And what happens is it's aimed perfectly so that when you blow it up, oh. hit the thing, it shoots you into his disgusting belly button and you can blow him up from the inside. Oh, no. So there's a specific oh, cinematic God, no. just for that way to kill him. <laughs> it's. That's super it's fun. Incredible. What, a, what a great also, little yeah, reward. I can see where that's a kind of a tough one. Anyway, sorry, I just wanted to interject. That's, yeah. No, that's good. It wasn't. I don't know if I would mm. say it was tough for me. I just the the solution yeah. pattern that I found felt very passive. I just felt like I was mash. Like I know I'm mashing buttons the whole time, but I really felt like I was just like mash, 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 yeah. mash, 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 mash. Okay, we're done. Like I wasn't. I didn't feel mm. like I was engaging with the boss yeah. that much. I guess is what I would say. But that is really cool to find that he has like his own the special cinematic for a yeah. cool way to kill him. Yeah. That's really great. That's There's a, a couple great of rewards. Yeah. I think my favorite was uh, near the end. There's the one that's like the like separating mouth thing that has the four spindly Ooh, yes. kind of long uh, claw yeah, arms. Um, experiment and it, Z57. it can like grab the walls. Yeah, and it has those like very kind of yeah. sloping swipe attacks. And once I got the pattern, there was it was probably the most I guess satisfying tempo. Of solving the fight and the really long sequences yeah. where, you're, where she's just like riding it, it and just like mm. you're just slamming those yep. missiles in it, you're just like boom, 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 boom. Like that, that feels like I know that I it could have just yeah. it didn't have to be all that, but it oh. felt really, really yeah. good and looked really, Anytime really cool. She's just like cramming <laughs> missiles into a monster's <laughs> mouth. It's the it's the coolest. Yeah. So the sequence break. Yeah. There is a sequence yeah, break in best. that one that you can actually pull off, but it takes a little bit of like practice. And you should have, by the time you get mm. to this one, you should have this upgrade. When you're in that fight, you know the thing where it, like, it, it clamps onto maybe the right wall, and it starts like shouting, and then mm-hmm. there's a wind pressure. And it's like pushing you against the wall, but there's spikes in the mm-hmm. wall, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, like yeah. those, like, those like, crescents jump, come out. Maybe like eight, yep. you avoid like eight of those crescents, and then you activate got the speed boost. You mm-hmm. can shine spark into him and kill him instantly he just dies yeah oh like he just dies that's immediately. hilarious yeah that's so funny so that's, it's and it takes <laughs> it like it, it, you know for such an intimidating boss to get like knocked out honestly the shine spark is so cool in this one too like the puzzles i don't know there's some of the puzzles mm-hmm. that are really tricky Anytime you can bring one into a mini boss fight or a boss fight and slap them with it it's the coolest like yeah, the, like oh, the yeah. Um, the big beetle <laughs> thing, the the flying beetle thing before you get the storm missile, the multi the multi missile. You can oh, take yeah, the speed yeah, boost yeah, into yeah, that, yeah. and it it you only have to shoot it like four more times, and it's done. You have to, but the thing is, you have to like That's be hilarious. running into the room, bank it at the right time, wait for it to get in the right position, then like. That's hilarious, though, that you can even do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love anyway, stuff like yeah, that. Like. Yeah, that's a great fight. I, I, it's funny to sort of destroy it early if you can, but also like the fact that it is a fight, mm-hmm. like the the way that it flows is really nice. Yeah, yeah. it's a it's but a really good. For me, tempo. I would say the least. 
Yeah, uh, least favorite I would say I think was Golzuna. It's like one of the fir- when when the game teaches you how to counter. Do you remember that weird tick thing? Yeah, so Golzuna yes. is the monster that trans- like has a couple of transforming states. Uh, I don't like that fight at all, especially at speed running, or when it, in my speedrun attempts. That I I do not like fighting it. The tr- you can do the speed uh, speed boost trick or shine spark trick in there to deal with it a little bit quicker. But it just fit, it's so annoying to fight for me. Mm. Like I I really it was maybe the first one I was like actually kind of shouting at <laughs> like. Like, I was so irritated. Oh, no. And on the other side of it, I love the Ravenbeak fight. Like, I can get through that one without even getting hit now. <laughs> like It's a really good fight. I actually really enjoyed it. The thing that wasn't clear about getting through the stage where he's, like, invinc- totally invincible, there's there's sort of ways around it that mm-hmm. you can sort of manipulate. And, and it's weird because you kind of have to wait for a certain mark before you unload on him. Like that thing where he's like flying through the air. Like the patterns are so easy to pick up on, and they all they're all telegraphed. So it's like, it's nice when mm-hmm. you know what's happening based on how he's moving, kind of weirdly. And um, this one actually, when I was doing the zero percent right. run, was the hardest because there's parts that one that phase of the fight he doesn't really give you anything to recover on. So if you get hit once, once that's it. You really cannot get hit. <laughs> Right. And you don't have, you have like 15 missiles. Mm. Think only 15 missiles. So you really, it's all, sure. all on the charge beam. Yep. Charge yeah. shots and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's hard to pick up on you. No, I agree. That, that final fight, you know, I was really girding myself going in. I'm like, I can tell I'm going into the final fight. Okay. Here's the cuts. I'm like, oh my God, final boss. You know, and it, I've been playing a lot of Dragon yeah, Quest. Multi stage. Oh all right. God, here we go. Uh-huh. What BS am I gonna have to relearn? Okay, yeah. but like I was, it was a very smooth fight. Yeah. It was my, it was and not the counters, the most frustrating fight like in when the you game, hit him with sure. those counter moves in it, it's the coolest. Like, especially the ones where you're like, can still keep shooting mm-hmm. him with missiles. Like you're like, oh, you're dead, you're dead. You're yeah, dead. yeah, yeah, yeah. My my <laughs> wrist hurt like because of how like <laughs> like mashing, <laughs> you know, like that kind of mashing. <laughs> I think that's probably the most interesting thing to me is when those like sometimes that little kind of quick timey element i think it it was really cheapened Mm. by a lot of the smaller enemies where it's just like hey you're just obnoxious Mm. unless i quick time you but the Mm. boss fight ones Mm. i thought were really well done like like you're saying they felt it felt like you know opened up your guard boom boom boom, you know i'm really getting in there working their ribs with these missiles or whatever (laughs) like it felt like a fighting game thing i guess so I, I really like those. But I think probably the ones that I was least a fan of were those little, in some of the more mechanical sections, it was like the little tiny tank tread guys that mm, have the big red mm-hmm. solid laser beams. And they're positioned in such a way and they move in such a way that it's kind of hard to, to do anything about them. You just stand there like an idiot and watch them do their thing <laughs> and then wait for them to flash. And then you like have to kind of jump out of your way to hit them and get them. It just... Like it, it felt kind of awkward yeah. like that. I think the one I hated the most was the it's like the alien with it had the it would shoot spikes in like eight directions. Like it felt like that one took like one too many hits to kill. And they positioned them in really irritating spots. There's like two in a row after you beat that water boss as you're climbing. Yeah, it's I know what you're I talking about. Yeah. I don't like them. Yeah, if I those can avoid are obnoxious. Them, 
just not even touch it. Uh, I mm. saw I saw um, a clip mm. where some dude activates stealth midair so that it doesn't catch you and you just keep going past it. Mm. That's a really cool way to get past it, I think. But yeah, probably my least favorite mob. Mm. Overall, I mean, <laughs> the the monster design in this one is really fun. And then when when you let the X out, like which totally it's like, is that my fault? Did I leave the door open? Uh-oh. Uh oh. But it was, yeah. was Ravenbeak because he's a <laughs> douchebag. The satisfying. Wait, no, not me. It wasn't supposed to happen to me. Not to me. I've unleashed the 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 face eating leopards. Ha ha ha! Not yeah, exactly. my face. No. <laughs> Did you notice? Uh, yeah. Re- really, I. I- I think the thing that I liked about the sort of more biological monster design was they felt like they did feel and look like and seem to behave like weird <laughs> random space gribblies. Like they were not like some of them. I think the one that most like you're talking about the one yeah. that shoots like in the, the radial direction. Like like that's the most like I'm a video game villain. I'm here to impede you and remove health. Like but most of the rest of them like the little fluttery bat ones and stuff like they all feel like yeah, these are weird, like, Minox in the belly of a base tapeworm in an asteroid yeah. or whatever we're doing here. Like, I get it. They're, they're right. gross and weird. I'm just shooting them. <laughs> um, the, did you notice in the final, in that final sequence, the thing that fuses with Ravenbeak? Because when you beat Kraid, he just kind of sinks into the lava. And I, I thought that, okay, every upgrade I'm going to get is an upgrade from you know everything that I'm beating. And so even when, actually, mm-hmm. when you, so when you beat Kraid, he just falls into the lava. Right, you release the chains and goes whoop, like it's gone. And then when you beat C ninety five, you don't absorb the parasite that comes out of it. Like you drop like big piece of machinery on it, and then it sinks into the lava. Also, so that I believe mm. is the same pool because the X that fuses with Ravenbeak at the very end, it's Kraid's body with Z ninety five's torso, and then. Ravenbeak is like the tongue inside that horrible alien mouth of it. Oh, uh, so right. No, I, I was like, because yeah, in, in Plane yeah. I was like, where okay. did they go? Like, I wanted the upgrade. Give me the upgrade. <laughs> you had something for me. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was like a neat, neat little thing. Yeah, there's like a little touch, a little bit of continuity yeah. throughout the various yeah. bosses. I think it delivered exactly what I wanted it to, which was more visceral combat and a light sense of progression with this twitch. Like, it, I feel like this very much delivers on the promise mm. of a lot of these metroidvanias in that it i don't know there's there have been so many claimants to the throne over the years and this felt like a very modern game that still retained that spirit and definitely wasn't like literally about the best possible palate cleanser after nearly falling asleep <laughs> playing xenoblade chronicles a game i was desperate to love but i just couldn't the combat feels so monotonous and disconnected. And this, I was just, man, I was in it the whole time. So just a just a terrific game experience at exactly the right time. I guess in a broader sense, it's it's really great to see Samus get that shine and kind of in her sort of natural environment, if you will, in her natural habitat, right, in a Metroidvania. Because even though the Prime games are great, they were first person and kind of odd. But like, it's, and that was on the GameCube, which is, you know, maybe not the best-selling thing Nintendo's ever mm-hmm. put out. Like, the Switch is hugely popular. Samus gets this terrific, modern, Metroidvania-style game 
on a popular platform yeah. Oh, yeah. that just nails it and just feels just amazing. And it's like, I'm so happy because it's like it just feels like outside of Smash Brothers, I've been like, you know, when's Samus yeah, gonna get? When's when's Metroid Prime Four happening? <laughs> By the way, Dread's here. happening like a couple months from now, huh? Yeah. Excuse me? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Pardon? Yeah. No, that's that's. <laughs> and I I would love to see what this team does if they get to do more because, uh, I don't know. I don't know what's next. Like the mm. the fact. I had to laugh about this because it's like, you know, that ending and she's like, okay, you're the last Metroid, by the way. You've become a Metroid. No, no, Samus, you are the Metroids. BT like, Dubs. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, oh, I love it so much. Um, I can't wait to see where that goes <laughs> in the story. Like, I hope that the universe knows, like the galaxy knows, hey, uh, there's mm. a Metroid left and it's Samus. I don't know if you played this one. I'm, I'm guessing no. But the, the Metroid Prime Hunters was a game they put out on the DS. And that was sort of when Dread was being not kind of that. rumored as a thing. And it introduces these other weirdo bounty hunters that Samus has to deal with. Think, think, because, you know, how do we mm. strip Samus of her powers again? How are we going to do that again? Are we going to do, are we going to do that again? She's stacked by the end of this one. It's, it's bizarre that you would be able to. But mm-hmm. if you bring, those bounty hunters back for this concept, like, hey, there's a Metroid left, and it's her. Get her. You know that. I feel like would be really exciting. Like, right. And all, what's cool about the other bounty hunters is they're not really. They're kind of humanoid, but not really. Like one of them just looks like a pile of rocks. Mm. So we get some really cool alien shapes. <laughs> it's me. How can <laughs> Zoe? Oh my! How can God. Rocko catch Samus? Yeah, all right. He's a rock. Sure. That helps you visualize it. Yeah, all right. No, I guess. Sorry, I had to. Oh, my God. Anyway, yeah. Some Metroid, Metroid Dread recommend. 10 out of 10 would recommend. Yeah, no. Just a, like, it feels like yeah. the one to play. Because it's like, I don't know. It's, it's such a smooth, well put together. Again, you would not, you could not convince me mm. this is the game that had development issues. It feels like a cohesive vision start to finish. Like it feels like a marquee launch, like a, a title they would have done to like yeah. sell a there, system. There you know what I mean? Like it feels just feel like just amazing, missing, especially having gone through it a couple of times. No, I'm it's not a huge complaint. Oh, no. But also it was like, huh. That's odd. Mm. Uh when you play okay, so that first is the stealth yeah, the stealth upgrade you pick up, right? You're there's a boss room for it. Yeah, there's a boss for you, you have to invisible. take it from it, right? It's something you have to beat before you can mm-hmm. get it, and then you can go be invisible and deal with some other things. The speed boost and the scan are both in these like rooms that seem like you would have to fight something for it. Any other upgrade, or most of the upgrades okay. you get, you are challenged by something. So I do wonder, was there intended to be a boss fight here? Like, it's not a huge miss. Obviously, you didn't notice it. You didn't notice it. But did, do you feel like that no, could I have been didn't. the case? Like, there could have been bosses. Two more. Maybe two more. One that's a sensor boss, and then at least one that's a speed boost. Like a dash boss, you know? I suppose. I mean, I do like a mix of... I guess my fear would be if every single power is earned from killing yep. bosses every single time. Yep. I guess I associate sure. that with Mega Man. 
for in a sort of more explorative open world. I mean, I hate to call it an open world, but Metroidvanias do kind of skirt yeah, into a sort of side scrollery open world. It is important to have empty rooms and empty chests, and it is important to have some things you get with no challenge, yes, and then some things you get with challenge because it feels to me it makes it feel like more like you're in a lived environment. I mean, obviously, we're talking about a, a you know very strange fictional situation, but if every solution yeah. was dependent on killing a boss, mm. I, that would lower the yeah. realism for me, it would lower the immersion, I guess. Um, and because I like the yeah. immersion so much, I'm not saying it wouldn't make it a better game. I feel like this ha- did a really good job of immersing me, and I would feel a little kicked out if it was like, oh, every time I fight a boss, I know I'm going to get an upgrade yeah. because I have to get an upgrade. To, you know what I mean? Yeah, sometimes yeah. just finding an upgrade, I think that worked for me anyway. Yeah. It's, it's I see what huge... you're saying, though. I see what you're saying. And it, it could be that maybe... It could have been a resource thing, like you know, developing these bosses and all that. Each one of those is its own. I mean, especially with the cut, quick time yeah. events oh, and yeah. stuff. Each one of those is kind of a marquee, yep. like a lot of development time and energy and, and putting into all yeah. those, and making sure it all works and feels right. That, that's I, I can see why maybe it's like uh, maybe if we had a few more months to do this yeah. and a little bit more in the budget, maybe we could yeah. have had and one. And there's but an argument I think find about a couple some of the mini bosses that repeat <laughs> a couple of times, but they keep showing up a little bit stronger. Uh, but also, I mean, I I didn't, yeah, I didn't. Yeah, the spear oh, like guys, the ones and yeah, because you spear like guys? two spear guys in a row. Remember, like towards the end, I was like, "Huh, like, okay, we yeah. did the red one. Now we're doing a gold one." Like, yeah, and the right. Yeah. There's like the spear guys, and there's like the Robo brothers. Uh, they, yeah, to me, they were like Samus's I a, hammer I had brothers. A harder time with the like the Robo the guys. Robo guys. Some of the other bosses, I feel like, especially towards the end. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Those guys. Were, God, mm-hmm. they were the the red attack they it do. Hurts. That like yeah. does the wave that one and you can't even really jump it. Times. It's like come on, especially man. on the zero percent run. <laughs> that one hurts. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I can I can imagine. You have seven health, uh, but overall, yeah. <laughs> well, there is nothing quite as satisfying as when you kill the first one. Yeah, yeah. And then you know the, the other one. You're like, I'm coming for you. Yep. You can't. Oh, you had <laughs> a friend. I'm you. <laughs> Your friend is gone. <laughs> yeah. Where's your buddy? Huh? Huh? big now yeah no definitely um all right do we want to get into twitter questions then i mean yeah on our Absolute. own without no, we got without quite, i don't think we even scratched like. the surface yeah. on sure oh, sure yes. there's a man people had a lot of good questions for us too so we're going to start with a big one here this is from uh, mike serial sensei buddy of mine and he asked uh, was this game worth 60 dollars because some people said it wasn't because of the game length of course those people were just wrong <laughs> i don't acknowledge them i'm just asking a question <laughs> but mm. that that is an interesting question uh because it you know like most uh switch titles that uh especially the first party ones that you know you're, you're paying the full bill there there's no steam sale for this <laughs> I can sort of see where somebody might not, especially if this isn't something that, like, this is so tuned to me that I, I would say yes mm. for me. Not that I wouldn't mind it being a little bit cheaper, but mm-hmm. I did not walk away dissatisfied. The thing that I would mm-hmm. say, Metroid has not done, so there's no reason to expect it, but it's sort of a modern thing. I was kind of hoping that you could unlock, like, pick a costume or whatever like if you you know it and they've never done mm. this so there's no reason to expect it but i really wouldn't mind if they just let me look like the final suit 
wore the regular, like the first suit the whole time, or you know, just just a neat little thing. If, you, if you're sure. already keeping yeah. track of how quickly we're beating this game, I don't see why not. Like you could make it a mm-hmm. visual thing, but it could also be I don't know. Maybe it's a tradition thing that they just don't. Yeah, do. yeah. Uh, oh yes, I th- I would say yes. It was worth worth it for me. Yeah, I have to agree. There there is something to be said. I feel like the sixty dollar price point that is not going to budge is a switch is a very very switch problem and that's a broader discussion i think but i will yep. say that it is very satisfying mm. to play a game that is completable in a reasonable amount of time but on top of that like if, if it's going to be a shorter game for it to be really really good like I, I i don't i have played plenty of sort of like ubisoft style open world games which are like oh this can be an 80 hour game of me picking up 75 green leafs or 95 posters or take over 26 radio towers repetitive content over and over and over again and sure the environments look great and fun emergent gameplay but it's like we're padding this out to try to justify it and i don't mind a shorter experience yeah yeah i can beat this game in like under two hours i think it's good (laughs) Mm. yeah Absolutely. And I, I think it's worth the money too. Like I feel like you're not even really getting like a I don't want to say like it doesn't feel like a Metroidvania, but what other game is doing in terms of the visual presentation, in terms of like we talk about some of these like close ins and the, there's a lot of mechanical yeah. and visual fidelity here. It's very, very, very well thought out and clearly is based on a lot of the older games, but is not beholden to them. I would almost say the one to get why I'm not going to say waste your time, but you could probably go spend a few hundred dollars buying Metroidvanias that are okay or pretty great or you know so-so and trying to find the one that fits just right. You could also just pick up Metroid Dread and get a terrific game right yeah. out the gate. Oh, yeah. I feel like any game that's going to make... Even myself, mm. I don't yeah. go back and replay a lot of games per se that don't have a multiplayer component, obviously, right? Like sure. multiplayer, you're coming back to, to train against other people, but... You know, hearing you talk about like, oh, I did a 0% run, or oh, I did a 100% run, or oh, I tried to do speed running. Yeah, I kind of feel like yeah. that'd be kind of interesting to, to really go back at it again and try, you know, like I have that, there's, I'm, I probably won't, but like, yeah. I'm thinking about it, like, that'd be kind of fun to do that. Yeah, it's really cool going through it knowing what you know now or trying to remember things as you go through them. Like, I think on, on that level, it's worth going through at least one mm. more time, whether or not you do it in normal or hard. Oh, for our next question... From our good buddy Ricky, it simply says play Toho Luna Nights. That is it. That's the discussion. I have. It's good. Um, it's uh, it is I don't a know. Metroidvania type game uh, where you play as kind of like a depowered Dio Brando from JoJo Part Three. So yes, she's okay. in like a she's like a like a vampire okay. or something in a maid outfit, but. You have like a light ability to stop time. Your main attack is throwing many knives, and then your your upgrades are all either like cooler knives or like an absurd amount of knives to throw. Pretty good. It's uh, I I somebody had recommended that one to me, maybe two years ago. I played through it. Would recommend if that sounds interesting, interesting. Or fun to you. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, two quality folks recommending it. Maybe I should check it out. Our good buddy Joe uh, asked, what are your opinions on the quality of life changes in, made in this game compared to other games? For example, marking locations of special blocks when you get the corresponding upgrade. 
what are some quality of life changes you'd like to see in future games? Good. I'm glad they're there. Uh, the checkpoints are really nice. It made repeating bosses good without having to like redo the run up to them from the save room, which is just just feels unnecessary at this point. Mm. Especially with bosses where you're encouraged mm-hmm. to learn patterns, it's really nice to be able to just jump right back into it after losing, which you may do because you don't know how they move mm-hmm. or act, and you don't know how to expect or what to expect, right? Mm-hmm. I am for mm-hmm. all for these changes. No, absolutely. I'm not... This is an interesting one. Also coming from sort of tabletop RPGs and some of that, and like sometimes lethality and difficulty are words that are bandied about in my opinion, and I'm not pointing anything, but I think those those types of, of of terms are often used in place of good design. Like, okay, yeah, this is awkward and difficult and frustrating, but that's because it's challenging. Mm. I don't know if that's always the case. Yeah. <laughs> I think sometimes it's just bad design. So I really like like the smoothness of this experience. I don't feel like it makes me a worse player. It allows me to, you know, express my skill in a more efficient time manner and then because of that smoothness yeah actually makes me want to go back and play and get better right rather than oh well you died you're now seven and a half minutes back and through not terribly interesting content time to slog through it again Mm. i don't Mm. think that's fun or challenging i guess you know or that kind of stuff in my opinion maps that have more information more ability yeah. for me to mark things and locations and stuff like that, I think is like yeah. that's what a map does. Like I don't know if <laughs> a, a map that hides information from you is not a good map. Uh like if you're familiar with a map in real life, it has to tell you where you're at, where you're going. You can take out a like Samus has a pen, right? Like she'd be able to pull out a, like a marker and like yeah. take some notes, I guess. You know what I mean? I feel like having that kind of information and stuff is helpful and especially just Mm. within the realm of being like i'm an adult i play games at night after work and after i spent time with my wife and you know done chores and stuff like i'm not like i'm not just sitting there playing this all day you know and if you want the hardcore experience or the like not hand-holding experience there's plenty of games that are trying to ring that bell for you i like the game that's like no i'm gonna tell you like here's the location for this oh you picked it up already Thank you. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Please value I, there's my a time. Bit of that. And then you know, I guess if you really <laughs> wanted it to sort of take it away from you or or go back from that, maybe provide the options for people who want that sort of more pain in the butt experience. <laughs> hey, if you want the hardcore mode, you can have it. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean you're better or cooler, but it's something you wanted apparently. What about future features? Because that was a component of her question too. Oh, yeah, what do you got? Because I can think of one. So in, say, like classic RPGs, right, your Baldur's Gate type stuff, you'll see things like modern enhanced edition Mm. versions of the game will include things like story mode, where you're not focused on the mechanics in those games. If you've ever played things like any of the Infinity Engine game stuff, Baldur's Gate or, or Icewind Dale or Planescape Torment, that kind of stuff, or even the modern ones, mechanics are very, very daunting. Combat is very slow and meticulous. Even when you know what you're doing, even when you're going to win a fight, it takes time to do all that stuff. But in story mode, the mechanics basically mm. might as well, it's basically like having God mode on. You're just going through the story so that you can experience that, whether that's a difficulty thing or you just want to try out different, you know, like we're talking about before in Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah. you just want to try out different choices and see how they play out without 
necessarily playing them all out quite literally. Or sometimes you'll have in some games, if you lose a fight, it'll give you the option just to skip the fight. You know, I, I would like to see a Metroidvania that was a little more a la carte. If I'm throwing my head against the wall against a boss and it just says, here, let's just skip it. Go past it. And then I would like to be able to personally, on the back end, be able to go back in and play those fights and be able to select, like, here's what I should have, you know, story-wise. I can set, okay, I would have yeah. these resources. I'm going to try to replay that fight and get good at it. Or I can, I can say, ooh, I want to try it hard mode. I don't have any of the resources I should have. Or easy mode, I have way too much stuff that I shouldn't have at that point. And be able to go back and re-challenge those things as kind of microcosms. Uh, rather than yeah, having to definitely, eat and that the also sort of to add so on that, I, I'm enjoying how this plays so much. I really would like something like a boss rush, like just to put me in the gauntlet. Mm, like, I wouldn't mind for sure that as a thing, mm-hmm. or even like a like an enemy. It's just fun. It's super just fun yeah, to absolutely. play. So even like a scenario where they just throw monsters at you in a, in a room, I would I would enjoy it. Yeah, challenge mode type stuff or things like you can only use. Uh, okay, this round, you know, every five seconds you know maybe a weapon doesn't work or you can only use certain weapons and abilities in these fights and uh enemies have double health and they're rushing at you for 10 minutes or whatever all that kind of stuff is really fun and i i think don't i mean obviously they take development time but if they're using existing assets i don't think it's i don't think it's super hard to do and it can increase play time it can also give you opportunities to practice skills and things like that and get better at them yep and, you know, alternate game modes are always a lot of fun, especially because these Metroidvanias kind of ask you to the main game, so to speak. There's no small, you know, if there's one huge gripe about them, there's not really a lot of, like, small experiences. It's supposed to be the sprawling, you know, exploring, getting new, you know, that kind of stuff. So it'd be nice to have, like, more bite-sized chunks. Right, right. In my opinion. Let's see. Okay. Our buddy Fennel, uh, she asks, oh, I refreshed? No. What's the best suit design in Metroid uh, in a Metroid game, and why is it the Dread Gravity Suit? <laughs> yes, it's really the Dread good. Gravity Suit is incredibly good. The purple one at the I, end, I, well, very very uh, nice. Do you have an answer for this? You you give me yours. I don't because I'm less familiar. I, I guess this is part of the other problem too. I spend <laughs> so much time on Twitter checking out fan art, and I'm not super familiar with the games. I'm no longer sure. <laughs> Oh, I, I see. What the actual canon suits uh, look like so anymore. <laughs> my opinion here, the best suits... Uh, it's hard to top, like, the orange suit that's on everything. The power suit. It's whatever. You know, the orange suit that everybody sees, it's great. It's a solid suit. My personal favorites are the the, the basic one in Fusion sure. where she's stripped down. It's, like, almost like muscle. Like, it's so organic looking and kind of weird. Like, it looks like it's out of a manga. Like, it's mm-hmm. almost, like, kind of fleshy. That one's really good. The vanilla mm. dread suit. Like, the one that you, at the very beginning, once again, it's stripped down. There's, like, sinews all over it. That's kind of freaky. Like, like at first, I'm like, what is this color? Like, mm-hmm. I, I thought you would lose sort of the organic comp, organic element of it. Just the way that it, it feels like it's part of her. That is, I love that about it. Mm-hmm. And then, of course... The real answer for me, and that I like, a Figma or something was announced for it. I would pre-order it instantly, assuming this is at a reasonable price and not something really stupid. 
the final dread suit not the gravity suit the purple <laughs> one's good it's really nice i like it i think it's cool but that final suit if i was able to what i was talking about with aesthetics or just being you know costume selection if i could play through the game in that final suit mm-hmm. the crab whatever you want to call it the watermelon suit the crab suit it's so yeah I've, I saw the watermelon suit. Is that what people call it? <laughs> I love that suit so much. It is a Giver suit. Yes. I was thinking yeah. of it as the it's, Giver it's, suit. It kind of looks like a Giver. Kamen Rider Gills. Like, yeah. The Gills yeah. suit. It's, it's so. And when it happens, like when she turns into it, it's the. Like, it's so cool. Like, and then, of course, that, that sequence at the yeah, end where you're yeah. running through it and you have the Omega Cannon. Like, yeah, what a what a great um, both reward and stress for the player. Here's the most powerful weapon in the game. Yeah. Nothing can stop you. Yep. A few minutes and you're dead. Like, ah, yep. you're just <laughs> running yep. and shouting and laser beaming. What That's a great, great sequence. <laughs> for myself, I got to go. The gravity suit's terrific. I'm a fan of the, the power suit, just the classic with kind of dorky, like a sergeant for a Cylon yeah. team very kind of retro sci-fi looking but the various That's, suit yeah, is uh-huh. is so great i love the various suit the giant shoulder yep. pauldrons you know coming from my warhammer background and my shoulder pauldron sci-fi where space marines are just like we are the emperor's shoulder pads and they just have these giant, <laughs> giant armor suits her like having these huge bulbous yeah you know shoulder pad like it, it works for me really well it's a it's a great looking yep. suit but the yeah. gravity suit in this one is really really nice a really cool looking suit she's becoming a metroid the way the lights glow up sort of on the chest mm-hmm. and down the legs look like metroid fangs right that red part and mm, then just like the yeah the you're right elements to it oh it's a really it's still a really good suit but i'm just i'm just saying go mm-hmm. <laughs> i i want yeah, yeah, yeah. i mean i got the amiibo for this one which is cool but also like i know what i want like I know what I want this. I'm going to be really mad if I miss it. Okay, so another one here from Scuba Steve. Uh, This is a a long one. Uh, Metroidvanias are my favorite genre of games. I have played too many to count, and the feeling of satisfaction when you get a power-up to solve a question that has been ticking away in your mind is unmatched. In Dread Hmm. specifically, it was the first game I decided to learn how to speedrun. I've tried to run a few games in the series, and every time I play Super Metroid, I use speedrunning tricks, but grinding out Dread has been satisfying. What was a moment in the game you distinctly look back on triumphantly as a, I did that moment? The bo- the final boss for sure. That final bo- final fight with Raven Raven Beak, especially yeah yeah the zero percent success mm-hmm. there. I think also getting the hang of Kraid, like when you slap him and then feed feed mm-hmm. missiles to his face, like it's great. It's good. I guess, mm-hmm. like, on a more subtle note, there is a specific kind of jump you have to learn if you're going to do a certain sequence break. And I didn't know... This is sort of before I committed to it. Um, but this is, like, mm-hmm. to get the grapple beam early, you have to be able to pull this off. And I would say by the end of it, like... Okay. Or by the sort of the last time I had attempted it, it was no... I could do it. Like, it wasn't... I wasn't even worried about it. I knew I was going to be able to make this sequence of jumps. No problem. Mm-hmm. So th- maybe that, I guess. I don't know. Like f- figuring out what'll save you a bunch of time and then getting to oh. it. Uh, but overall, I got it under. The, it's the under two hour time. Like that was 
I need to do an official run of it and get that recorded because I the other one I guess got like invalidated because of something I did. We'll do it. We'll do that soon. <laughs> I guess for myself, probably there's a fight where you fight the parasite goober and it's like the, it turns into the sort of one of those kind of bull crab forms and it goes through three iterations in that fight. Like a big bull beetle crab lobster thing and it does that thing where it, it rears back and slams the ground and it, it even sends out it's that one that sends out those little purple pulses that will pulse out in like uh, rectangular patterns like straight lines and horizontal lines like pulsing through the air I didn't really think about it but once it starts rearing up and you're sliding under it blasting it from behind and stuff like that it feels like such an action movie thing I know it's little but you're just like, I know you're a mini boss. Oh, slide yeah. under you. Pow, 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 pow. I, it felt really good and very visceral to do that. I thought that was a lot of fun. But otherwise, I felt like most of what I was doing was pretty, pretty standard stuff. I didn't, I didn't really feel like I was breaking the mold all that much. But it felt very good to slide <laughs> under a villain and shoot them in the tummy with missiles. He also asks, was there a moment where you, oh, sequence broke, where that's that you just talked about that. Uh, has Dread opened up your taste of the genre? If so, what games are on your short list to try out? I have mentioned before, but Super Metroid and Hollow Knight are masterpieces. I also think the aesthetic of the Ori games are Ori. mesmerizing. I have not committed to it. I do intend to finish Hollow Knight someday. I mm-hmm. just I don't know when that is, but it will happen. I think those are the two big ones for me. You literally took my answers. I do want to go back and play Super Metroid now, though, since it is on the Switch. Yeah. And if you get a chance, shop, you play you beat Zero Mission, you said? Yeah, I do recommend Fusion if you... Like, I mm-hmm. still really enjoyed it. Okay, I should check that out then, too. Yeah, Hollow Knight, it's the same thing for me. You know, I I love it visually. I love the aesthetics. I love the vibe and everything going on. I'm <laughs> a little bug man, and it's sad here. I get it. I just, at some point, I just kind of... It's a gorgeous game, mm. and it's... Yeah. It is kind of a bummer. <laughs> it's kind of a drag to play. And then when I get lost, I'm like, well, I'm a bug lost in depression town. Mm. I'm just not having a great time. I, <laughs> I, I I struggle with like, I got to backtrack through, you know, all these weeping bugs or whatever. And, and I know I'm eating their souls and stuff. Ah, I don't know, man, this is a lot. So some of the, the like area navigation gets to me definitely in retrospect, thinking about how generous and accurate the dread map is compared to something like Hollow Knight. Mm. Mm-hmm. that's a little it's a little much you know uh, i don't know i i will probably go back and finish it and i do mm. like it i i guess i prefer more the castlevania style where yeah it's dark and gothic but there's a guitar solo in the background and i'm you know cutting a werewolf in half and it explodes yeah uh, that's a little yeah. more my speed <laughs> but the ori games look gorgeous and i have done the ultimate and continued gamer crime of listening to the ori soundtracks having never played the game uh, while I do other stuff, I, that's like my favorite crime to commit in gaming. So, really good soundtracks. Our good buddy Tails asks, uh, "Do you think Alucard is sexy?" I need to know. This super secret human disguised in Aria of Sorrow was it Genya Arikado? <laughs> no, the true Alucard <laughs> form is the one to go with. I think there's a couple layers to this. One, one aspect of being sexy is mm. is marrying into a sexy family and becoming sexier yourself. Uh, and marrying yeah. into Dracula's family, right? Like, if you're with Alucard, you get to be, like, Dracula's your father-in-law, you get to be a cool vampire mm-hmm. and hang out at Castle. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you will become sexier by association. So, clearly, you're you're kind of, you know, when you're dating up or marrying up here, 100%. 
Um, but also Alucard follows a, a very time-honored tradition in genre fiction by being not only a vampire, which is in and of itself very sexy, but he's got long white hair and a cool sword, which, going back to Elric of Menivide, Sephiroth, Geralt, 2B, Drizzt, take your pick, having white hair and a big sword mm. is mm-hmm. the ultimate kind of power move. So yes, of course, naturally. I mean, he, he, he's, he's the archetypical sexy figure. Joey asks, do you prefer Metroidvanias Ooh. with laser beams or with swords? That's, that is a hard question. I mean, why not both? <laughs> okay, so do you want a sword that shoots lasers or a laser that is shooting like energy swords? <laughs> it, it so depends on the mood. <laughs> on an honest answer, it really depends on the mood. I do enjoy as long as it's fun to play, right? I don't necessarily prefer one over the other. Sure. Yeah. The question here maybe could even lend to like if there's like a customization aspect to it. Like in Ori of Sorrow, mm-hmm. for example, you can pick you know what your weapon loadout. You can have a sort of a sub weapon or switch over to. Like I always go for like the big stupid sword, mm-hmm. the biggest sword <laughs> in the Castlevania <laughs> games. If it lets me pick, and then back that up with I, what I realized, I think was that I was playing 2D Devil May Cry because I gave him the giant sword and my sub-weapon was just the the, the crappiest yeah. gun. Yeah. It's an awful gun. It doesn't. It's not effective. <laughs> it's not fast. But it felt <laughs> cool to sort of mix it and cancel, <laughs> cancel sword attacks of the gun. Backslide into a gunshot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I dig that. No, I, that's the thing that I think the, the more, I guess by, by raw completion and game time, I think I have to say swords because I have completed way more of the Castlevania style mm. than the Metroid style. And I don't know if that's the norm or not, but you know, I, I do like part of what makes dread so effective. So good is how streamlined everything is. And again, like we talked about all the stacking power-ups and stuff, but I will say that the me- the melee focus of a lot of the Castlevania style things allows customization, like you're saying, and allows a bit of, you know, Oh, I'm going to wield the sword this time. or Ooh, the ax or ooh, what if I did this? And beyond even just the basic, uh, uh, like the, the secondary weapons, right? Whether you're throwing a Bible or a forge or an axe or whatever, like having a bit of customization with kind of your primary weapon, I think, and the more fantasy yeah. style lends itself better to that. I do enjoy that a lot because you can more personalize your interaction with the game. So I, I think I would say that, even though I do like the lasers, energy swords and stuff, the lasers too, I, I, I think the, the melee element yes i agree more vibes with me our good buddy john asks has the genre been done to death i.e is it played out and why do i want to play the lotus metroidvania so bad even though i'm burnt out on the genre two critical questions here so do you, do you feel like metroidvanias are done and like played out and kind of over overdone at this point maybe before this where do we go from here <laughs> like and then and then dread, dread comes out and eat, mm. eats everybody's lunch. Mm-hmm. So then, okay, there's. I yeah. am looking forward to this, and I know there are others that I want to beat. So, or still want to go revisit. I guess is the way to describe it. But yeah, I, I have to agree with you. You know, it's one of those things where, and I hate to even say it because I'm a huge fan of indie games and, and kind of that do-it-yourself attitude, and and I. I don't like the cult of the new necessarily. Like, ah, the, only the latest and greatest is the best. Mm-hmm. All the old mm-hmm. stuff was trash. We don't need to revisit it. I don't like that mindset. That being said, if there were ever a genre or subgenre that 
that is chock full of, hey, do you remember when? Like Metroidvania, there's a, there's a bajillion of them at every level, and so many of them feel mm. inherently backwards facing, I guess. Like, there's so many of them are just like, ah, well, this is what we used to play back then. And Metroid Dread is a AAA game experience, and I don't mean that as like a negative, like, it is purely positive presentation, execution, mechanics. This game, it just hums, right? Like, it's just exactly, it has a level of polish and execution that is very, very rare, even in the AAA space. And in part, it's so focused and so good at what it does. And like I talked about, I think a lot of times bad design or poorly thought out design or not well play tested design is sometimes masked by, ah, well, difficulty. Mm. Oh, well, this is how it used to be. Or, oh, tradition. Um, and I don't necessarily, and I, there's times for that. I, I also enjoy older games and tradition and stuff too, but, it, you know, sometimes it can be limiting, right? To, you know, it, it can be crushing. So this to me makes me go, I want to see another $60, eight hour. Metroidvania in the vein of Dread with the same level of polish and attention. Like, show me what a studio that is like in it and really doing something wild in the space. Like, show me what they're doing. Like, I, that's yeah. what I want to see. I want to see another game like this in that sense, like really innovating and go, like, you know, show me something that, and as much as I, again, I love indie games and stuff, maybe show me something that yeah. you guys and passion can't do. Like, show me what a team can do, right? Like I, I would really like to see more of that, but in terms of the sort of quote unquote regular Metroidvanias, yeah, there's a lot of them. There sure are a lot of them, <laughs> and I, I have not been finishing any of them lately. So take that for what you will. As as to the Lotus follow up, I don't know about you, but I'm a huge mark for Record of Lotus War, so I definitely want to get the Deedlet game because Deedlet. So I have to look into it, I guess. Like. <laughs> it's, there is there is a Metroidvania that has Deedlet in it, and I can I tell you any more than that? No. Do I need I, to tell you any I, more than that? I'm, honestly, also, actually, no. really <laughs> for context here, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I don't know anything. I'm not familiar with this at all. Now, do you not know what Record of Lotus War is? Is it possible? The Record of Lotus quick? War. <laughs> quick, quick aside. Classic anime. Oh yeah, I know, right? Here, here I go. Classic anime OVA. Uh, it also has series and stuff, but it's based on a light novel. Hmm. You know. 25 years ago before that was the norm uh and record of lotus war was very much uh, oh. a, a group's D campaign that they turned into a novel that they then turned into an anime which is essentially the ultimate nerd dream you know years before all this streaming and stuff and podcasting made all that almost passe so it's an and it's very clearly oh. an anime adaptation of dungeons and dragons like the the classes the characters and all that are 100 like there's a fighter you know there's a reason deedlet is an elf from a time when elf was a was a class, like race was class at that point, and you know elves could decide See. when they woke up, are you going to be a fighter today or a wizard today? And she okay. is clearly a fighter wizard elf. Like it's it's so obvious. But the o the OVA was thirteen episode OVA, and uh, even though it has some episodes that maybe don't quite hold up as visually well as the rest, character designs are really gorgeous. And when the animation is on, and the it, it's yes. just it's really engrossing when it's firing on all cylinders. And it hit at a time that really, really critical for a lot of fans of our of our age group. So it was very well beloved, and it's one of it was the oh, first wow. series that I really saved up and bought all the tapes for. I spent an entire summer mowing yards and saved up the. I 
because I had been burned in the past trying to buy a couple of tapes into something and it get wiped out by somebody else and not be able to get replacements. So I bought like all six VHS tapes at once. It was like 120 or $130, like in the 90s, a, a yeah. summer of yard mowing to save up that money. And you better believe it was, you know, it was 120 or $130 for like a 13 episode OVA. But yeah. I better believe I watched those tapes to death and it's burned into my being. So this is a Metroidvania where you get to play as Deedlet, who is an elf, sort of heroic right. elf character. Yeah, uh, from I'll, the party, from the D&D party. Sure. Any more than that, I don't know. I remember seeing the trailer and thinking it looked very Symphony of the Night-ish because <laughs> of just her cape and everything, but nope. take that for what you will. This is from our good buddy Dan. He says, y'all got a favorite Metroidvania slash uh, high recommendation. Uh, so <sighs> is there a one that you like to recommend to people? That's that's really... That's actually really tough. If you haven't played this one, just go for this one. <laughs> I don't know. I'm... I'm I feel like that's a that's another. I don't have that loaded up, but I you can't yeah. go wrong with Metroid Dread. Sure, it's one of those situations where if you have to recommend a Metroidvania to somebody, like there's two kinds of people, like somebody who has 45 Metroidvanias, un you know finished and or, or yeah. unfinished yeah. at various stages, and then someone who's never really played one before, right? <laughs> I don't think there's a lot of casuals in that space that have only played a few, so it's hard not to recommend this one because it's like I, I certainly wouldn't with some of the other expectations of the genre from other titles i wouldn't recommend it to somebody who hadn't really tried them like this game is so yeah slick yep hard not to recommend it so follow up from him as well and also what song from any of those style of games is your favorite some serious headbangers or really sets the tone of the game it's a it's a toss-up for me again castlevania bloody tears and vampire killer are both such amazing tracks mm. probably vampire killer Vampire Killer just yeah, that is just I'm ready to kill oh Dracula. God. Thinking about it, I, I'm thinking about it go. right now. I'm ready to go, <laughs> ready to go slay an ancient evil. You know what I mean? I feel like I feel like Castlevania beyond being you know more accessible across multiple like literally every possible platform because there's a bajillion Castlevania games. Mm. The music is just it rips, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, although I will an honorable mention mm. to the game we haven't talked about much on here, The Messenger. It's a Metroidvania that has a very I don't even want to reveal it. It has a it starts out leading you a certain way, like this is going to be a certain kind of game, and then later changes yes. some of those expectations and the music changes with it. Uh, there are two OSTs that are sort of paired for the whole game. Yes, I've played it and both um, of them are the, really, really good. Have you played it? I think did a Kickstarter okay. for a new project that's not a Metroidvania. Kind of like a secret of I from the trailer it looks <clears throat> Maybe like a secret of mana or of mana kind of a game. Yeah, so it, that I was oh, interested in that. So that's, I do like the of mana uh, games. I I think that speaks to the quality of like I was so interesting. I enjoyed their work on the messenger so much that I was ready for another thing from them, even if it was a different genre. Absolutely, yeah, no, hundred percent, no. But that's the soundtrack too, man. The soundtrack is full of hits. I love that one. Did you guys did you guys complete all the Shine Spark puzzles? I definitely didn't. Way too hard for a dirty casual like me. <laughs> I did, and then I found out better ways to do them after the fact. Because one of like, I actually didn't understand a certain aspect of one of them where if you Shine Spark into a ramp, you will go into maintain your Spark status. So there's there's a sequence where you can do that a few times, and I didn't under, I didn't know you could do mm. that, so I was 
really struggling with that for a bit. Yeah, because you you keep it if you do a wall jump or if you hit a ramp. And there's a few puzzles that I just kind of like very carefully timed. Or what's cool is mm. I was able to do it the way I wanted to do it. It was just way harder. Like I mean, there's one where you had to like where from what I understood, you had to time it with a bomb that you had to place before you did a few jumps, and it was so so careful that when I found out the way you're actually supposed to do it, I felt so I felt ridiculous, but also like I was like, you know what? It's still cool. Like. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Also, ask for recommendations. Any any other recommendations you can think of that we haven't mentioned thus far? Aria of Sorrow. There you go. I'll just say that. Play Aria of Sorrow if you really want to. Yeah, sure. Aria of Sorrow and then Dawn of Sorrow immediately afterwards. <laughs> See how different that art is. Lau asked, did we have fun? Yes. Yes, I had fun. Uh, our other buddy, Dan, asked, what were your opinions on the use of narrative for this entry in the series? Do you think it worked like previous games? Also, where do you see the series going from here? I did touch on this a little bit, but the TLDR is I liked it a lot. Um, I liked what it built on and sort of changed mm. perspective-wise. Uh, the, the the twist on Ravenbeak was great. And what was the other thing? Uh, future. I want to see the hunter become the hunted. <laughs> that, I think, would be really exciting. Maybe predictable mm, since yeah, you know, we could guess that that might happen, but I think it'd be really fun to actually see, like, because I enjoyed the um, those mini boss fights, those one on one human level or human sort of ground level fights, and if we got some really interesting ones with, I sent you a picture mm-hmm. of this, but you can look at it later. The other hunters, I think that would be really could be really exciting. Mm, for sure, I I feel like the yes. I, I think somebody else asked about future games. Joe did earlier. I feel like there's, like you're saying, Hunter Become the Hunted. I would like to see and again, I, I like the narrative well yes. enough in this but I feel like it was best and it's like most quiet moments. But in terms of where I see it going in the future I still feel like the stuff that was going on, like we talk about the stuff in Other M you're all kinds of I don't feel like that, like Metroid oh, no. is no, no. not about the long narrative cutscenes and on and on and on and i feel like the more you do that the more you have to add in stuff that is simply inefficient for uh, the ultimate bounty hunter i guess i would like to see again the hunter become the hunted i would like to see some expectations change standard metroidvania approach is very much uh, in the classic uh i guess dungeon exploration vein of exploring territory and discovering secrets and in an offensive uh, approach maybe to see more scenario based mm. stuff uh, you know you're defending against like you're saying interlopers are coming in hunting you you have to set up defenses and lay out strange paths and try to keep them from getting sure. you or hold them out for certain you know but really play with some of those expectations maybe yeah. and some of that could be clunky but it would be different i think i w- i would like to see more of that i suppose uh, r- really challenge some of those expectations a bit more yeah like while you're like you know in the vein of an emmy zone maybe while you're exploring an area while there's x amount of hunters after you they could just show up and ruin your day like that could be i'm not saying it'd be perfect but it could be exciting like right sure yeah uh, something a little different than because very much at least as the current the the sort of standard metroidvania Mm. is that you are setting the pace for everything and it's the the world is reacting to you the monsters sit in their in their dungeon rooms and wait for you to kick in the door and kill them. 
you know, flip that on its head and make you the reactive element in some sense and unpredictability and the, the sort of map-wide pursuit element or invasive element, I think would be quite interesting. Or even one like you're talking about, like talking about how does she lose her powers from here? Maybe one in which as you progress through the game, you know, beating bosses and even, even when you win, perhaps you lose some of these abilities over time and uh, across the game, lose some of your abilities and, you know, almost depower down uh, that, you know, it just it, you know, play, play with some of these formulas. I think a little bit uh, would be interesting. Our good buddy, Don asks, how does this one rank with the other Metroids you've played? Uh, checking my gamer card here and that I've really only, I've dabbled in pretty much all of them, um, mm. but not really completed more than zero mission other than this. <laughs> Even though I love Samus as a character, she's one of my favorite, and I think it's just a really great, iconic character. I would say this is probably my favorite to play. Uh, I, I, re I respect Super Metroid as the legendary one, but there's aspects mm. of it that I just didn't enjoy on the revisit, the most recent revisit. Yeah. And once again, this is some mm. of it's my bad. I didn't know mm -hmm. the run, a dedicated run button that's not in any of the other games. So, <laughs> don't. Hmm, what's that about? Zero Mission, I right. feel like, is probably. <laughs> was my favorite for a long time but i and i enjoyed the gameplay of samus returns because that's the mm. that counter move that she has in this one is is that's where they introduced because these are the same developers um that's where they had introduced it and uh to get more mm -hmm. of that and and i would say done in a much cooler way you can counter things but definitely like once you have like the ice beam and different charge beams you can use that to clean up enemies up so that i feel like this solved a lot of problems that maybe mm -hmm. i had with mm -hmm. the with the pacing of of two so this is my number one are we ranking them all or are we just saying which is the oh number one this is number one for me i guess how does this one rank with the others i don't know if she was yeah i feel like this is definitely number one too this mm. is like the again samus in her yeah. prime but in her purest kind of like in the in her element in exactly the genre doing exactly what it's supposed to do, you know, Samus and the Metroid series, like creating, being the her example, being part of the portmanteau. And here we have Dread. It feels like Oh yeah. I wouldn't want to be developing a Metroidvania after Dread. You know what I mean? Like the bar feels like it's set very high. Compared to others, I really enjoyed Zero Mission. It was the only other one I really beat. I also really like yeah. Prime. I know that's not an unpopular opinion. The Prime games are very well regarded. I think one of the things that really strikes me about Prime, not only that it is a good console first-person shooter from an era that, I mean, yeah, GoldenEye proved you could do it on consoles, but there were still a ton of bad console first-person shooters for a long, long time. It was like, there's GoldenEye, Perfect Dark, which is basically just GoldenEye, and Halo 1. Like, <laughs> there, there were still a ton of not great shooters on console for for a very long time and the few that were good were very standout for a reason but i feel like prime in addition to just being a good first person game it's also very mm. obviously a metroid game starring samus in that uh, i think the de the decision to make her hud and make her helmet integral to the game itself yes. was a really good decision and felt so immersive in a way that still a lot of games don't feel. In almost every other game, the HUD feels like a game element, but in 
like no Samus wears a helmet that would have heads up display on it. Like, and, and like this actually would makes total sense. I feel like a warrior in power armor and a lot of games. I don't, I can't think of really any other 2d character that made the transition to first person like that. Other than like, I don't know, like a weird unreal tournament mod or something. And to do so very, so distinctly and successfully, I really like the prime games and how they feel like, they are not like, oh, this is a good first-person shooter where, uh, I guess an example would be like, okay, like Republic Commando. That's a first-person shooter that's like, okay, you're in Star Wars, I guess, and you're changing out. Like, it's just a solid shooter, but it doesn't really feel like anything necessarily super specific to Star Wars. It's just a pretty solid first-person shooter. Prime doesn't just feel like, oh, well, this is just happens to be a good shooter that I have a blaster arm instead of switching through other weapons like no it's very much a metroid game and starring samus right on i think that was all of our questions so yeah thank you everybody for sending those in those were all really good so yeah any other thoughts or anything before we close out the old metroid dread episode if we haven't convinced you if you haven't convinced been convinced by <laughs> yeah, now and you need one more call to away. action here it is play metroid dread yes you should play it it is a good it is a good metroid in the metroidvania oh. space <laughs> actually i have one last thing i will i will ask how what? do we feel because this is one of those things that that gamers get heated about how do we feel about the metroidvania portmanteau like are you like some oh, people I get very upset about it no opinion say it's uh, silly or dumb or something funnier to say We've got a case of the castle roids <laughs> uh but I, if it communicates what kind of a game it is and it lives up to that idea, I don't see the problem with it because it's clearly it, there is an appeal for this kind of thing, exploring and improving and getting cooler ways oh, to yeah, platform 100%. around. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think my favorite thing is somebody said that this it's really dumb to call them <laughs> that. That would be like calling every first person shooter a wolf and doom. Uh, Yes. And I'm like, actually, Wolf and Doom is the sickest thing to call a game and way more evocative than a first person shooter. <laughs> like, <laughs> how society, what, yeah. how <laughs> society, if we called them Wolf yeah, right? and Doom games instead? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like a utopia, right? Like, <laughs> we'd all be, you know, floating around in our, our hover, mm-hmm. hovercraft mm-hmm. with our enormous mega brains, all diseases cured, lasting peace. <laughs> Call of Duty, another Wolf and Doom clone. Healthcare is free. So many of these things. (laughs) Dental, dental, and vision. Yeah, Uh I love it. I love the fact that that my dental Mm -hmm, care mm -hmm. is not separate because my teeth are a part of my body. It actually Wolf and Dooms because those are included in my body too. Oh, getting too real on here. Um, (laughs) So, all right, yeah. So the 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 takeaway is Wolf and Dooms and and play Metroid Dread. Portman totally. Preparation heaven. Got that castle roid cream. <laughs> got a, oh, I'm sorry. Got a real, real bad uh, outbreak right now. Next. Either one works. Either one works. <laughs> Preparation X. Mm. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, jeez. Talk about some bloody tears. Get equipped right, with something. Well. So you were gonna, you were gonna try to come out. All right. So, what was our what's our sign out? Get equipped in podcast. Super Senpai Podcast. Super Senpai podcast.